0: episode four basement banner i'm here today with uh justin bailey aka turd ferg what's up um justin uh he's actually been uh, a bit of my inspiration he started a podcast years ago um before podcasting was uh, in my opinion a big thing i mean they were out there but you yeah, just it wasn't huge yeah there just wasn't much talking about it yeah um being the podcast about wrestling and anybody knows me i'm like a huge wrestling fan, Mark, whatever you want to call me, uh, have been since '84, um, the year of Hulkamania. Which that's right, is not a coincidence. I don't think <laughs> I was born in '84. <clears throat> uh, Justin's actually done quite a bit. He's got his uh, a current radio show. Uh, he's also um, you say is it like a co-host or what? Uh, your... Yeah,
1: co-host with Cronin, Joe Cronin. Joe Cronin.
0: Uh, anybody that. Uh, enjoys wrestling of any sort, whether it be WWE, TNA, um, AEW, I'm assuming now, uh, Ring of Honor. Um, you guys doing indies, covering indies? I don't cover
1: any of it anymore. I let Joe do all that grunt work. We just done, with the show I do on the weekends, we talk about everything. I, okay. I don't I don't even bother, bother with the wrestling anymore. I can't, I don't have the patience for you it. To keep up,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't watch it like I used to either, I ain't. It sucks. Yeah. Me and Jimmy were talking about that a couple episodes ago, I think. Um, so, y- your current thing now is uh, JB Sports Radio. Is that, is that right?
1: Uh, the JB Sports Radio Show. Yep.
0: And um, that you run that live off YouTube. Is that correct? Yeah, I run, I run it
1: off of YouTube. It but the you know it uploads to Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever, whatever else is out there. It goes out all over the place. But we go yeah. live uh, 2 p.m uh, Eastern standard Monday through Friday.
0: Oh man. So five days a week, five days a week.
1: And uh, if I don't sleep in, of course, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not under contract. So if I want to sleep, I can sleep, which I do that. I exercise that a lot.
0: That's the best thing about it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so back when you started the podcast, um, I, I know you actually called me, um, asking about ideas in regards to wrestling and whatnot. Um, it was you and, was it Zach?
1: With, yep, Zach. Yeah, Zach, it, it, it's weird how that started, because, you know, me and Zach were, we were big fans of uh, Good Mike Work on YouTube. He's a big wrestling dude. Oh, okay. And uh, he's grown really big now. He's got, like, 20K on uh, on, on YouTube. But we, we used to love him, mm-hmm. you know. And we always, you know, we always used to, you know, Bust each other's balls. Like maybe we should do this, mm-hmm. you know. And we always, you know, messed around with it. One day, Wit has everything. He's got a studio. I was like, why don't we just do it? And we did. And uh, you know, it went well for a little while. But the, it was just a it was a horrible time to start a podcast because I just had my first kid. They were, you know, trying to get a house and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So matching up for scheduling and stuff, you know, it just it wasn't in the cards. But when we did do shows we had a, a heck of a time doing it it was fun mm-hmm. but you know and he came back a couple of years ago to do the show with me <coughs> with um with what I do now but you know it's scheduling it just it sucks yeah if you got a full-time job you can't do this yeah uh, on a normal schedule it's just mm-hmm. you can't do it
0: yeah and i've i've learned that real quick like i am about as big as a noob as you can be when it comes to this stuff right now and I have so much admiration for these guys. I watch YouTube every night. Sure. You know, whether it be something historical, you know, somebody ranting, whatever, you know, every night. And just before I thought, oh, no big deal, they're running a camera. And then I'd go in here and i do it was just like this podcast and how long it takes me to do... Edit an hour-long podcast. A lot
1: of work that... And it's funny because, you know, 90% of people are you before you did this. They think, you know, you just turn this mic on and we go. Or... And then we just like, all right, we're done, upload it. You know, there is a lot of work that goes into it, especially if you want to make it big. Like, I, you know, obviously, I want my mm-hmm. show to be big. Right. Uh, but you gotta... Dude, you gotta put the work into it and you gotta put the money into it. And that's mm-hmm. where the trouble
0: comes in. Yeah. Well, I... You know, me and you talked before, and we won't go into detail, all that, you know, I, I keep, you know, that stuff private and just people that I know, you know, and know well. Um, but I saved for a, a long time to get this.
1: This is crazy, by let, the way. Set up. This, this is crazy. I, I saw this. I, I so I come down in his basement and this place is backlit like the friggin' like a theater. Uh, and I looked in there and I was like, is that where we're going to record this show? And we came in there and it was. This is crazy. I would kill somebody to have this type of studio.
0: This is awesome. You know what this is? How come there's not legs on it? Oh, it's drilled into the wall. Yeah. Kirk, we're going to give a shout out to Kirk Fish on that. Stuff. I, I found this idea on YouTube. This is a the cheapest closet door you can buy from Lowe's.
1: Yeah? Oh, this is a door?
0: Yes. Get out of And here. I sanded it down. Got some good paint. Painted it up, and we got brackets, and we mounted it. Kurt drilled it into the concrete. That's crazy. I don't do well with power tools. But, yeah, I did all. I'm proud of this. I did every bit of this myself, um, you know, and I cash flowed all of it.
1: This is easy. some serious, so, like, redneck ingenuity
0: here. Yes, hillbilly stuff. You're
1: using doors for tables.
0: Yeah. And then, like, all that stuff I had already. I just repainted it and sanded it and this and that and the other to, you know, to cut costs. And i bought a television and whatnot, but... You got to have that. I I will tell,
1: there's going to be people that listen to my show that come and listen to this. And there are wrestling fans that still listen to it. Because sometimes I'll talk about it, but I won't Mm -hmm. talk about anything after like the year 1999. Mm -hmm. But this dude's got so much wrestling stuff in here. Is that Razor right there? Is that Razor?
0: Uh, That's Lex Luger, actually.
1: That tells you how garbage my eyesight is. But is that Luger in WCW?
0: Yes. That's a nitro. He's standing underneath the nitro sign. Yep. Uh, A good friend of mine got me that for Christmas. Like, Four years, three four years
1: ago? Keep in mind, he has about four billion uh, wrestling memorabilia pieces and figures. It's crazy. Like, th- I was telling him before we started this, like, this is like, I remember Keish said, hey, you know, if when we get a house, what do you want your man, ca- like, how big do you want to be? What do you want to look like? I was like, I want it to look like Will's basement. Like, this, to me, is like the perfect man cave. I like, can't even begin. you has got a pool. I mean, you got everything.
0: And when it, we moved in, it was just carpet and, like, crusty old white and chipped off green ugly I don't even know what the color green was paint and it was paint. like you
1: redid a crack den
0: yeah like <laughs> the, I mean it was old we got an auction and the people that lived here before us were uh elderly right and I think her husband had passed away and she was like probably 80s I would guess mm-hmm. and my guess is she probably just couldn't get downstairs anymore to probably know,
1: didn't couldn't work on
0: it yeah but uh, yeah I I mean I did everything myself you know, Jonathan helped paint. Jonathan, I shout out to him on the. He designed that background with uh, Affinity. John John did that? Yes. Really? Yeah. Uh, and he's taught himself everything. So uh, he actually designed Kyle's shirt. This last one looked really good. Um, so. You know, if you had
1: two more B's on that, you got the Breaking Benjamin symbol. True. Yeah, you had the back the B and the bottom though, B. Right? Yeah. Yep, yep backwards. But. Yeah, it's 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 weird, like, the evolution of, like, it went from me and Zach doing a show mm-hmm. to me doing the show to me quitting. I walked away for a time. Right. And then, you know, I, I started, well, I did do the stuff with the local places here, like Emerge and yeah stuff like that. And then I did a show and had a big falling out with the guys from Emerge. Because I got on there and just, you know, maybe it was not a good decision on my part. Because I'm working for a promotion, mm-hmm. yet I'm also slamming the wrestling business in general for being not kayfabe enough. Yeah. And I may or may not have threw them under the bus a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I probably deserved it, but there's a lot I can't get into about that as well, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have any ill will towards you know, Ricky and Donnie and those guys yeah. there. Of course I don't have ill will towards them, but it didn't, you know, there was some bitterness involved. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so it went from that, and then I, I left and... I started doing, you know, I did a political show for a little while, and uh, once I walked away from that, I, I, I started to get burned out, mm-hmm. and I think everybody does. Yep. You get, I got burned out with the wrestling stuff because, for one, it sucks. I can't stay there. Some of oh, it's okay, no doubt. Mm-hmm. There, but it's not enough for me to dedicate yeah. ten hours a week to cover it. And nothing coming back. I wasn't making the money. Like, I'll give Cronin, who I work with, which you yeah. should subscribe to, by the way. Joe Cronin's I show forward. on YouTube. Um, the guy makes a living from it. Mm-hmm. Okay? He makes a living off of doing what he's talking about. You know, I make a living off of my job. I don't like it. Right. But I'm still making a living. Right. And so it doesn't matter how horrible the wrestling is for him. Which, it's, it's, it's so stupid. This is the problem with it. Is The, ho- the worse it is, the more attention Joe gets. Because it, you know it's it's like the news. If if the news covered birthday parties from six o'clock to eight o'clock, nobody's gonna watch it. Right. But if you start covering about infants dying or robberies or right. car wreck. Anything negative. Anything negative. People are gonna tune in. It's no different than Joe doing a show. So like, he had that 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 kind of. Am I too close by the way, or is it? Oh, you're good, hey, man. Okay. This thing's excellent. Um, he had that security of like, look, no matter what. I'm making a living off of this, and if it sucks, it sucks. If it doesn't, yay, right? Right. With me, it sucked. And even if it was good, I'm not making any money. Mm-hmm. And I was doing five shows a week, watching 10 hours a week, re- and I couldn't. By the end of it, dude, it, it would have been like me writing a blog for, like, the New York Knicks.
0: So you re- you were basically reviewing... Did you have TNA, or what did you have? I didn't or do not- TNA.
1: I did uh, Lucha Underground. Okay. I did... Uh, very, very little, like, New Japan and Ring of Honor. I mean, very little. They were lucky to get a mention. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it was mainly WWE. What I did was I'd do a Raw, I'd do a SmackDown, I would do NXT. And then I used to do the show called The Verdict when they did the brand split. Mm -hmm. And I would do a Verdict show where I would break down Raw and SmackDown and then Verdict, who won that week. But I I couldn't do it anymore. So I walked away, and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm still working with Cronin. Mm-hmm. Me and Cronin had a falling out, um, you know. Just we didn't see eye to eye. I didn't agree with some stuff he was doing, you know. And vice versa, he may not have agreed with me. But I walked mm-hmm. away. And we ended up working the stuff out. The, and I've I've talked about that so many times. But it was just, it's like it's like me and you if we did a show together for years. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, we're going to have a blow up. Yeah. And the problem is, ours was on the air. So, everybody. Oh, blow up in the air. So, the blow up, the fighting's on the air. and it, Which, by the way, in turn, it's good uh, entertainment. Yeah, how many times do you listen to Howard Stern fights or Opie oh, and Anthony fights? I mean, that's what you, you know. So, it, I guess it's good now that our blow ups always happen on the air. Sometimes they happen off the air. Uh-huh. But there was just, I didn't, what it was is I, I launched JB Sports Radio. Because I basically what I was trying to morph into what I'm saying here, without mm-hmm. rambling, is I wanted to talk about what I want to talk about, no matter how much it sucks, whatever. Mm-hmm. I want to have the passion to where I'm still enjoying myself. Right. So if I'm going to talk Pacers,
0: mm-hmm. I'm going to be
1: a fan for life, right? No matter what. So they have a bad season, I'm still going to talk about them. I'm going to bash right. them for the bad seasons. I'm going to love them for the good seasons. I'm that type of guy, mm-hmm. you know. Same with the Red Sox. Same with you know uh, uh, the Colts. Whatever. So I launched that, and I didn't feel like I was being supported. I didn't feel like Joe was fully supporting right. what I was doing. I think he was mad that I wasn't dedicating more time to his show, which is understandable. I don't hate him for
0: that. Was he taking it as your comp- you were a competition or?
1: I don't think no he didn't I don't you think didn't
0: focus on wrestling. His no main focus is
1: wrestling. No, I right? mean a major his main focus is wrestling. That's what he does four to five nights a week. Yeah, uh, I mean he he has this, his his. Um, I guess you call it shock jock. We don't like using that term that much anymore because it's right. so stupid. That was an old radio term, but that, mm-hmm. and we know what that term means. A lot of the younger generation doesn't. Mm-hmm. But you know, shock jock is basic. Talk about what's in the news. Say stuff that's going to rile people up. Right. So he's got those shows too. But his main thing was wrestling, and it was never a competition thing. Especially because JB Sports Radio, it was about NBA, NFL, NHL, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. He because the majority of my audience is his audience. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Right. Of course it is. Mm -hmm. I had a very, very small... You know, it's local. When I first started, it was a local small audience. Mm -hmm. A lot of local people. Not people that are watching on YouTube necessarily. People who are downloading on iTunes, talking about it on Facebook. When I got in with him, it opened up this huge following. So I have him to thank for everything as far as my audience goes. I'm not going to hide that. Right. So it wasn't competition. I think it was... And I don't think we'll ever see eye to eye. And by the way, we're fine now. Just so everybody knows. But it wasn't a competition. I think, again, it was. He wished I would have dedicated the energy from that into doing more with him, helping grow the one show mm-hmm. rather than having the two shows. And that may make sense to everyone. Like, that's what we should have done because we probably could have gotten bigger. We, you know, we could have done Bailey and Cronin, which is what we tried. Mm-hmm. It could have gotten bigger. I want to. I'm the guy that I want to build something from the ground up. Yeah. I want to be the guy that built something from the ground up. Right. And so I started the blog, the sports blog, you know, I started the radio, the podcast and everything. He didn't like that. He didn't like it at all. I never got plugged. As he would bash it sometimes. And I was like piss on this. I don't I don't need this. Right. So we had a pretty bad falling out. I mean not, not like we weren't you know <laughs> I don't know what to say we weren't like cursing each other out all the time, right, but it definitely ended badly, and then sooner or later we ended up.
0: how did you get connected with him to begin with I
1: was a fan I was a fan so he was it me-
0: was a comment or a message or what it, it's
1: I'll give you the click notes what it was because it's it's he's got such a history on YouTube it's insane I mean if you got like nothing to do for the next year. He's got a history that would blow your mind. But anyways, when when Taker and Lesnar had their match at Mania 30, mm-hmm. and Lesnar won, which I predicted that by the way. And it blew Witt's mind and he got mad and left my house that night by the way before DB ended up winning the title. Yeah. But when Taker lost, it was everywhere. Yeah. You know, Dan- unfortunately Daniel Bryan's big win was overshadowed with the street man broken. Yeah. So I, I I and I was on second shift at the time. So you know you know second shift. It's like what two thirty to eleven. Yeah, it's horrible. So it was on Sunday. Everyone has to go to work. Mm-hmm. Or, or everyone has to go to bed, and get ready for work. I had nothing to do. I'm all jacked up from WrestleMania. You know I got beer in me. I'm ready to fight. Let's go. Yeah. I just got done watching WrestleMania. So I go on YouTube, and YouTube was not what it is now in 2014. Right. But I go on there, and I just wanted to watch the clip of Taker losing because the network was. Garbage back then. Oh, yeah. it it out. Breaking down every two seconds. I was like, Undertaker loss, Brock Lesnar. I type it in, WrestleMania 30 review, Joe Cronin show. I was like, what is that? I mean, it look crazy. I type I, I press on, I was like, dude, this is a radio show. He's talking like Howard Stern and it's wrestling. Mm-hmm. It was it was like it was a dream to me to be able Best to hear both worlds. Yeah. It was it was that shock jock but wrestling talk and he's talking about what I wanted to hear about. So ever since then, I was in on it, and he used to work with a couple of guys who he had a falling out with. They were really they were not good people. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was not on Joe. That was on them. And so he started to have people fill in. And I told him, I said, Hey, you ever? I got my own show. I was like, If you ever need somebody to fill in, I'm your guy. Mm -hmm. Wrestling back then, I would have filled in for wrestling. And he was like, Yeah, cool, man. And I never heard from him again because how many people have said, Hey. I'll help you out. Right. He probably got a thousand people like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But w- one day, randomly, I get a message on the Facebook. The, the Facebook. I sound like Bret Hart. The Facebook. Uh, I was on Facebook, and he sent me a message to the, 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 the Best There Is podcast. Uh, what's that called? The Messenger, but it's for the page.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I didn't see that thing for probably a month. And it was him, and he's like, hey, I just heard your show. It's really good. He's like, you should come on the show sometime. I was like, sure. And somehow I ended up becoming a producer for the show where I would call. I talked to all kinds. I got so lucky when he had me be the producer. I talked to Ted DiBiase. I talked to Jake the Snake's guy. I did talk to Jake the Snake because, I mean, it's, getting a hold of Jake the Snake was uh, It's not an easy thing to do. I know he has since gotten sober. Let's
0: say back then he was pretty strung out. But
1: when, when I was trying to reach out to him, he was probably belly deep in a crack pipe. But mm-hmm. uh, I talked to a lot of people. But it ended up, what I would do was is I would call in as Bernie Sanders as a joke on his show. Oh. I would call in as Bernie Sanders he'd be like, Hey Joe, how's it going? It's Bernie Sanders. And he thought it was the funniest thing ever. So I did that for like two months. And then one time he had me come on the show and it ended up going well. And I've been on there pretty much ever since. Uh, four years? But that, yeah, that's how it started.
0: That's good that's a long time too. That was a
1: hell of a rant right there, wasn't it? See how it easy it is for me to ramble? <laughs> that's good though, but it's good information. That's that's that's
0: yeah. the key. If it's if it's like nonsense then you know, then it's right. Safe, right? but I've got Let's it
1: see. down to a cliff note style though too, because I've told the story so many times and it's easier to tell it now without mm-hmm. bringing in a bunch of stuff that don't matter, but um
0: so when you started the uh, sports radio, which you you're running five days a week. yeah, Um do you just cover your favorite teams, or do you cover, just say like NBA in general a day, MLB a day, NHL a day? How how does it work out exactly?
1: I strategically, biasedly cover my own teams. Good. Um, I will. I don't see. Here's the difference. And and again, if if I offend people with this, I apologize. But I I'm so sick and tired of this. Cookie cutter sports
0: talk. Yeah. I am so over in that, and I know, I know there's a place for it. Yeah, the LeBron James uh, switch colored socks, or Le- LeBron James is wearing an undershirt under his jersey now, like yeah, that, that kind of stuff you get on ESPN, and it's it's why stupid. is it on there? It's yeah.
1: boring. I'm not gonna do a show that you could turn on to any channel and listen to. I, you know, I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about, oh, the Cowboys are eight and eight. Where are they going to go from here? No. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about that. I, I'm going to be very, and I'm being very PC right, not PC, but uh, PG right now. Mm-hmm. I talk, my show will offend you. I'll, I'll be straight up honest with you. I don't hold anything back. <laughs> yeah. It will offend you. And to me, that's like, if a, not, I'm not trying to offend you, though. Right. I'm just speaking to you like we would have been speaking off the air. Right. I'm talking to you as if we were shooting on your pool table in there, mm-hmm. talking about the Pacers yeah. or the Colts or the Red Sox, whoever I'm, you know. And I think people appreciate that. Mm-hmm. People have told me they listen to me when I, t- I could talk about Batman The Dark Knight for an hour and people be like, I couldn't stop listening because you weren't being fake about it. Right. You were talking to me like we were out, you know, grabbing a beer and just talking. Right. So I wanted to take that and to do a radio, a radio show about sports like that. Mm -hmm. and so I don't just cover the Sox and the Pacers, the Colts, but I also don't go, you know, the Jets beat the Jags, and then this team beat this team, and blah, blah, blah. No, there are places for that, and it it ain't
0: mine. Right, that's AM radio type stuff.
1: Yeah, now if, you know, Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott have a big, you know, Eagles-Cowboys game, and, Mm -hmm. you know, Carson Wentz, he ain't worth the the toilet paper he's wiping his butt with, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go on my show, and I'm going to trash him. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be, I'm going to go hard. Right. I'm going to come in hot because I don't, they're, they're, Will, the, the thing is, is
0: there's a thousand sports shows nowadays. Yeah. And they're all the same. You know, the biggest thing that aggravated me, I, I got rid of cable for a long time. But right before I got rid of cable, and I have got rid of it again here, but I would typically come home and I would turn on ESPN and you'd have like Pardon Interruption, which wasn't bad. It was kind not of a fun. bad show. Funny, you know, the Cuban guy, I can't remember his name, he'd always do like a rap song or something. It was always hilarious. Yeah. And stuff. And, you know, and then you'd go into some other things. Um, um but then you go into, like Sports Center, which I would always watch as a kid, right before I went, you know, to go to the bus stop or whatever. It was a and rite of passage. You always had to watch it. Highlights, you get cool stuff. And games. the anchors were funny.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, the
1: anchors were uh, uh, Dan um, Patrick. Dan Patrick.
0: Yeah. One of the
1: wittiest, funniest guys I've ever seen. And
0: he has his own radio show now, I think. Mm-hmm. Didn't he?
1: And his his radio show's cookie-cutter as hell. I mean, it, it's yeah. very cookie-cutter. But I'm not saying it's not entertaining.
0: Yeah. But a lot of people do that type of show. And, but, you know, I, even teams I didn't like, at least it was the highlights, and it was sports. Right. And then, you know... Right before I get rid of cable, it's Colin Kaepernick's or like I said earlier, oh LeBron James, he's wearing an undershirt under his jersey now. It's like, okay, who cares? Right? You know, this has nothing to do with a sports game. Well, here, okay. here's the, here's
1: the fact of the matter. If you're covering his undershirt, you, you let me let me try to say this the right way. If your show is so pathetic that your main topic and ESPN does this all the time I don't know what's the show Stephen A does with uh, uh, First
2: Take
1: yeah First Take they got topics like that oh LeBron's being rebellious he's got a white undershirt instead of a black if that is your source of topics for that day
0: I'm not listening to that your show sucks yeah why are you talking about somebody's undershirt who who cares who (laughs) cares I I don't care about that I mean I don't know how that draws ratings at all that's why that's why I'm gassy
1: this Mountain Dew's got me all gassy. It's a hillbilly champagne. <laughs> but um, Skip and Shannon on Fox Sports is good. Now that's good, and I and, and I know that's kind of cookie cutter too. Mm-hmm. But they are funny. That's mm-hmm. the difference. They're hilarious. I could sit there and listen to Shannon go Skip. I could hear that for four hours and laugh every time. Mm-hmm. I love that stuff. But the abundance of just cookie cutter. Sports shows, and basically what that leads to is the question you asked me is like, I don't want to do that. I want to give somebody some people something different. And the people that do listen to me every day, and I don't get astronomical numbers, Uh no doubt. I'm not going to sit and be like, oh, thousands listen to me. No, hundreds listens to me. All right. Uh But the hundreds that do listen to me, and they're 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 going to hear this, are they are in it with me. They're passionate. They are on the front lines. They're in the show when the show starts at two o'clock. Or two thirty every day, mm-hmm. bam, they're right there. They're like, let's let's go. I'm on the front lines. Let's get the show going. And they're there to the show from the start to the end. So it's like, I'm I'm building that diehard audience. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it it's it takes a lot of work though. You gotta have fresh stuff. There's days I've gone on the air and I haven't had anything written down, and you'll know it. Mm-hmm. You know, you really do, guys. Like you prepped here today. My 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 preparation is no prep. My prep is, I work third shift, I wake up for the show I, I, at like 1.30, I, I, I slam a Sprite, chug a coffee, and I turn it on and I go. And sometimes it really shows.
0: <laughs> and third shift's hard. Oh, it sucks. I mean, I, I, phew, yeah, I it sucks it ass. I don't, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, it was no good. I of mine to work, but I just didn't like the hours. So.
1: It's, good for, it's, good, it's convenient for like errands. Yeah. Like during the day. And
0: when you got kids and stuff.
1: Yeah. You know, it, it's like, the problem is, your lights are on all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it's like, it, like on the weekends, you know, if, if I'm up during the night, Keisha's in bed, I wake up, you know, sh- the, the lights are still on. I mean, it's like, I know it's kind of a silly, semantical thing to say, but it's true. Like, it's always, the schedule sucks. It's like today, I didn't wake up for this until, what time, we st- what is it? Two eighteen. We started about hell. I, I don't know, but I woke up today at like eleven.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, she wakes up at like seven with the kids. I mean, the schedule. It's just. It's not fun. You know, it's convenient. I'm not going to say I don't make good money doing my job. I get a uh, what do they call that? A uh, shift bonus mm-hmm. you for know? working the odd hours. For working that. For working the off shift. You know, but if you told me we're going to get rid of your shift bonus, we're going to go to day shift like that, bud. Mm-hmm. I'd be on day shift in a snap of a figure.
0: But, yeah. Yeah. I I love the banker hours. That's about what I have. I would love to have, eight have them. Eight four is what I got. I'm pretty blessed to have that. Oof, that's, that's
1: real good hours. Wow. I'll tell you, dude, it didn't hit me until this year when my son started uh, T-ball. Mm-hmm. When he started T-ball, I was like, this is why I need to be on day shift. Because, you know, he had T-ball practice or games at, you know, six, seven o'clock. I had to leave for work at eight. And it just was a mess. And I was like, because, you know, I'd be like, the game would get over it. But I'd be like, hey, we're going here. We're going to eat and go out and do this. And I'm like, I got to go to work. You know, Mm. it's not fun to be that guy. You know, but. And not to mention, I'm tired all the time. Yep. I'm such a hypochondriac and an an anxious little dummy that I think I just have cancer all the time. I'm one of those weird people.
0: But you know what? As, As scary as it sounds, like, like. You almost have to be like, yeah, I've known people that like, oh, I'm healthy as a horse and this and that and the other. And you go and it's like, boom, something horribly wrong. And it's like you would never in a million years thought it. And then you got some guy that's like, he looks like, you know, he's a whopper away from death and he goes in and there's literally nothing wrong with him. Right. It's like, I don't, I don't get it. So, well, it's like, you know, how
1: do you not? Know? You got, I mean, there's hippies in California putting a stamp on a water bottle like, yeah. hey, this could cause cancer. I'm like, it's water. You know, right. but it, whatever i know that's an exaggeration but it's like yeah. you know for instance i have i had vertigo awful awful i thought i had brain cancer mm. they 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 put me in that uh, what what do you call the what's that stuff CT? walter walter white goes into where they do like the uh, the chemo stuff no no but they put them in that tube Remember c- in a Is that the
0: CT? Yeah,
1: yeah, c- uh, the you know the imaging place or whatever. Yeah. I went in there, dude. I thought I was gonna like die. I was like, I, thought I was gonna come out and be like, yeah, you you got about twelve minutes to live. Like that's where my brain goes. And he's like, no, well, you're clear. You got nothing in there. And I was like, well then what's the problem? It wasn't like, oh okay good. No, it's like, well you're not looking hard enough. Obviously I'm gonna die. That's right. me. Yeah. You know, but no, you got vertigo. You gotta take a pill. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's brain cancer, but all right, you're the, the doctor.
0: Like, you look and then everything shifts with vertigo. It's not... Yeah. It, not and let ball. me tell
1: you, man, I was in a movie theater when it happened. Ooh. I was watching a horrendous movie called Abraham Lincoln Vampire, Honey. Hunter. Sounds like something I would watch. Not Honey. Abraham Lincoln Vampire, Hunter. And it was absolute duty. It was so bad. And I'll never forget, there was a scene where Abe Lincoln, it's silly to explain this, Abe Lincoln's hunting vampires, for God's sake. There's a train, it's got silver on it to to kill the vampires, and the train's moving, and there's a slow motion, because it was shot in 3D. That messed with me, too. Oh, man. And they do, where they jump from car to car, Mm -hmm. Abe jumps, some vampire jumps, and it just did that weird, like... That bass droppy sound. Yeah. And I remember that happened. And it was like somebody took my head and flipped me 90 degrees. <laughs> and I was there like, I'm dying. I mean, it hit me so quick. And Keisha was in there. And my buddy Oren was in there, who only comes down once a year. And I'm sitting there. And I'm like, Ugh. I just went full. I mean, just like, Ugh. and I'm sitting there smacking Keisha. Like, look at me. I'm dying. I mean, I couldn't even talk. I thought I was, like, going you know, to die. Say, again, I don't know how to stay calm, but and I went out there, and I was like, look, Keish, if I die, that, that's me. I'm telling her, like, if I die, I want you to, you know, do this and this and this. He's like,
0: you're going to die. Shut up.
1: But, you know, that's what it was. I got all
0: the testing done
1: for her. How the hell did we get on this topic, by the way?
0: I don't know, but I can tell you the probably the most scared I ever was was a few years ago, and I got Bell's Palsy. I don't know if you knew that. Really? Yes. I did like, not know You know when JR has the Bell's? Bell's Palsy. Yeah. And J.R., you know, the greatest announcer, wrestling announcer of all time, in my opinion. But, uh, so, like, the day before, the oddly enough, um, was a birthday party at my mom's for one of the kids. I can't remember who it was. And I had, like, this horrible headache, and, like, I just didn't feel right. And when I walked in, John John goes, there's something wrong with your eye. And I'm like, well, I don't really feel good, but I didn't see anything. My mom's like, oh, there ain't nothing wrong with your eye, whatever. I didn't think anything of it, so I'm like chilling on the couch. We do cake, ice cream, whatever. Go home, go to bed. I wake up the next morning. I'm getting ready for work. Didn't really feel bad. And you know, like when you brush your teeth and you like fill your um, mouth with water to rinse your mouth? Yeah. I filled my... Mouth with water, and I went to rinse it. And when I squish the water, it just slung out the side of my mouth. <laughs> it was like my mouth wouldn't close. It was right. drooping. Yeah. Well, I'm like, oh god, I've had a stroke. Right. It's, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like one of your symptoms, just. To... And so, like, I went in to uh, I don't remember what it was called. Well, Connect, I think, because we got back in the day, we would get free stuff, like free visits, so so many free visits or whatever. You're... Uh-huh. And. When I walked in, like, they grabbed me and take me straight back, which is another sign, like, hey, yo, I'm going to die. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, so you go in there, and they're, like, checking this and doing all this stuff, and they're, like, you need to go to the hospital. You don't, you don't need to be here. You need to go to the hospital. And then I'm, like, oh. At least they didn't call What were ambulance. you thinking, though? Like, I thought I literally had a stroke.
1: Right. So you were thinking
0: stroke. That's what I... And I was concerned, because okay. they, they do run in my family. Right. You know? And... So I'm like, you know, and we went to the hospital, and they, you know, they did a bunch of tests and hooked me up and did all these things, and I had to do, like, like squeeze tests. And but this that. was
1: before you went into work,
0: right? This wasn't while you were Yeah, like, I got, I got up, you know, I was planning on going into work. Yeah. And the, the day before, I actually felt horrible. I made it through work. Well, through yeah, work, you said before. you didn't
1: feel bad when you woke up. Like, yeah. You said you didn't necessarily feel bad. You just kind of slung yeah. some mouthwash. I was just,
0: you know, doing my thing, you know. Just, right. And then I look up, and I... Sling water outside of my mouth like that shouldn't happen. And then I looked and I could tell, and yeah, it was like eye drops and all kinds of stuff because my eye wouldn't close all the way. It was weird, but yeah, we went on a tangent here. Um, <clears throat> so I liked it. We both thought we were gonna die. Oh yeah, Which is multi. I, I
1: do it all the time. I, I do. I you know, I have no idea. Well, you probably do, but I think it all the time. Well, I, I was gonna say a second ago. I actually have been diagnosed with generalized anxiety. Mm-hmm. I had to take medicine for it. Yeah. I can't remember what it was called. Like uh, maybe clonopin or something like that. Which may have caused the vertigo. It, well, it was before on. that though. Oh, uh, wasn't. Yeah, but I quit taking the clonopin because I felt dopey all the time. Yeah, I, I remember I was playing golf one time, and I had taken uh, one of the clonopins, mm-hmm. and like six hours later, I took another one. And I was on the golf course, and I was like Cheech and Chong flying in the sky mm-hmm. with Lucy. I mean, it, it, I felt so dopey. And I remember telling, I can't remember who I was golfing. I was like, dude, you're going to drive the cart. I, I don't feel right. Mm-hmm. Not, not a bad feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, being diagnosed with anxiety, the medicine helped, but I felt it. Like, I felt the dopiness. Yeah. I knew I, I was drugged. Impairment exactly I I felt impaired I wasn't like oh my god give me the hospital it was just like I know that I'm not normal right now Mm. like get me home I gotta sleep so I haven't taken it since and I've learned to back off
2: Mm.
1: if I feel a certain way like um there will be times at work where I'll start to get anxious Mm. and I'll tell myself quit being you know quit being a pussy you're gonna be fine Mm. and you know ten minutes later I'm fine I've learned to deal with it without being medicated, you know, essentially.
0: Mm-hmm. Like a meditation. Yeah, it, it's, uh,
1: that's, Your what Keesh, own of meditation. that's what Keish says. She says it's kind of a, uh, she, she says it's kind of a meditation in a sense with like, instead of, you know, racing back and forth mm-hmm. and be like, oh, this is happening, this time, instead I just kind of sit there and one thing I do is I do this. I know it's radio, but I got my hands on my neck where I just kind of like focus. Mm-hmm. And I do that and I'm fine. It, so it just goes to show you like you can and I'm not saying some people don't need medicine. Right. God, I'm not oh, saying. Oh yeah, that.
0: some people definitely do. I've seen
1: there's there's a, there's an issue with mental illness in this country. We were talking about this slightly before. And it needs to we need to worry about it. We need to focus on people like that. Mm-hmm. But there is a way to do it without medication. So I guess basically what I'm saying is I'm yeah. kind of a uh
0: which is where counseling and stuff like that comes into play.
1: Sure. I'm such on the low end of anxiety that I can medicate it myself. Mm-hmm. But there are some people that can't. I'm not saying every person. Right. If you just hold on to your neck and be like,
0: everything's going to be okay. Like a spe- a be- it's a spectrum.
1: Sure. And I'm on the low, low, low end of it. Mm-hmm. But it is there. Yeah. Obviously. But anyways, sorry. We we went on a tangent. Then you tried to abort it, and then I went back into it. But still a good tangent.
0: <laughs> um, so... The one thing that we I have to ask is the Strutton turkeys are are they still performing? <laughs> no, the Strutton turkeys are strutting
1: no longer. Uh, the The turkeys are still friends. They they gobble from time to time. Uh, that sounded weird, but uh, we we play. But we I think
0: we did a show. The one at Ziggy's, right?
1: Yeah, he he actually does. Zach does a lot now. He plays out at so- Uh Yeah, he does so well. He he plays with his cousin. uh... I think it's his cousin, it's his niece or his cousin, or not his niece, but his nephew or his cousin, one mm-hmm. or two, uh, from uh, you know from up north, and uh, they do like Sarah Land, they do uh, Ziggy's and stuff like that, but um, I did a show with them, I want to say like six months ago at Ziggy's, mm-hmm. and that was the last time I do it. I just did. We don't meet. We don't match up schedules. It don't work
0: well. I was say between third shift and doing. Rate it, they're at show five days a week. I don't know how you'd have time to practice. And... I
1: don't. I don't even, dude. I went the other day, to uh, to get my brother a Christmas gift mm-hmm. from guitar from Guitar City. Mm-hmm. I got him a pack of picks, and I bought a pack for myself, which I, I don't even know why, but but I did, and I busted the picks open and I played the guitar. Mm-hmm. First time I played guitar in probably five months. I just don't have time for it anymore, and one of the big reasons is. Uh, with the, the scheduling with the Strut and Turkeys thing is like, you know, we go on stage at 8, I got to leave for work at 8. You know, you get mm-hmm. on stage at 10, I'm already clocked in, you know. So it's right. like it just doesn't work out. I would have to take a vacation day every time. And the thing is, the money I would make from the show isn't as much as I would make from the night at work. Yeah. You know, so I would have to take a vacation day, get paid for the vacation day, and then make... Whatever money make there. whatever we make, which is nothing extravagant, but it's so. Uh, who
0: who came up with the uh, the name Strutting Turkeys?
1: That's a good question. I think we were just joking around. I why? I, it's a really good question because I don't even think we know. I can't remember if Whit came up for. I came up with the Facebook page, but I can't remember if I put the Strut and Tur. We probably were joking. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. Uh, I, I I still to this day remember Zach had a band and they didn't know what to call. Them. And we, they were going to play at the Crump like two weeks out. And he called his band Feesback Fantasia <laughs> after, I mean, it was hor- it was a horrible name.
0: I don't even, talk, I don't even like talking down but about that. That's horrible.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it was so bad. It's like, but it was an inside joke with one of our teachers that we grew up with. Oh, okay. Feesback yeah and we used to always you know mess around out in the garage and like i was always on drums he was always on guitar but Uh occasionally we would flip instruments Uh and we call ourselves like feedback fantasia or something Uh just joke around and one day he i was like look because he i wasn't in their band Uh he wasn't in ours anymore we were doing separate but we were playing the same shows it wasn't like a beef or something Uh (laughs) i said i need a name we got to make a flyer i need a name he's like put. Speaks back Fantasia on there. I was like, You've got to be kidding me. He's like, No, nah, it'll be all right, right? And I was like, Whatever. I put it in and they stuck with it for a good while. But again, that goes back to that was probably how the Strut and Turkeys came about. Just a random. Oh, yeah. So it was just probably like, Hey, Strut and Turkeys. And then.
0: Now, you wrote some of your own songs. Yep. Right. Because yeah. I, heard, I heard some of them online. Um, but then you guys did some covers, right?
1: We mixed it up.
0: You um, know. Thirty you percent
1: know, originals, like you know, seventy
0: percent covers. Yeah, um, and it was acoustic, right? Or, or yeah the right? the turkeys were acoustic. Yeah. So, what was you some of your guys' favorite songs to cover? Um, it, me and Wit,
1: we have this weird. I have my style. He has his style. But we also have a middle ground that we both agree on. Mm-hmm. He does more. He's not here, so it's hard for. Me to say this that I'm defending themselves because I don't want to misrepresent him, but he's more of that um, maybe classical style. Like uh, he does, like uh, I'm so stupid, uh, like Dave Matthews Band and like folk type, stuff. kind of yeah, that folky sort of, you know, uh, jam band. There we go. That's what I was looking for, like jam band type mm, of music. Yeah, and, and I'm more a metalhead at heart. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I'm a big metal guy at heart. Uh, you know, I grew up. You know, no, I didn't grow up during that time, but when I grew up, it was Metallica, Megadeth, Led Zeppelin. You know, those were my roots. Yeah. But then I do like, you know, Three Days Grace, Breaking Benjamin. I have, you know, that style. But then on the other hand, I have The Devil's Road, too, where I'm into Unearth and All That Remains and, uh, you know, uh, Lamb of God. I have that mm-hmm. style. I mean, I love everything. Now, I, I don't even, there's some hip hop out there I can actually bob my head to. Mm-hmm. But, I prefer not to, yeah. um, but you know, I would say the least I listen to, and I know you're a big fan, you may not like this, but I don't listen to that much country, you know, mm-hmm. but but with wit, it would be like it wasn't necessarily the songs we wanted to cover, it was the songs that I could sing, like uh, Shine down, yeah, we covered a lot of shine down, like shine down, um, we did bad Company, mm-hmm. um, you know. the the band and the song Mm -hmm. uh i'm just we did but but at the same time you know we we would go from bad company to you know uh the crow and the butterfly and then bam we would play midnight rider by the allman brothers Mm -hmm. so we had a good makes
0: me think of the devil's Devil's rejects Rejects. every every single time that's
1: what me and him think of too um but it was it, it was a good mix though Mm-hmm. Because there was something for everybody, right. you had you know the old bags in the back. You know we play bad company, and they're like oh, yeah, yeah. they start clapping, mm-hmm. and then you have the more, we'll say, thirty year olds, maybe early forties. You play maybe a Dave Matthews song or something You're like yeah, I know this song, mm-hmm. and then you could target that. Sort of twenties with Shine Down and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Breaking Benjamin, you know, we really did have a really good balance, and it's a shame that we can't play more. Yeah. Because when you do So Cold by Breaking Benjamin, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then you do uh, Free Fall, and, and then you do, you know, Midnight Rider. It, it, it was such a good mix. I had a lot of fun doing it, but you know. Scheduling it always goes back to scheduling, dude. Time there's only so much time in a day. Yeah, if if mine and Zach's ventures were ever fully met out, whether it was the the podcast or the band, I mean, we used to have all the time in the world when we were kids and doing the band yeah, yeah. stuff. You know, we that was all we, that was all I did. I mean, it was video games and and music. That was all I did. And, you know, now it's I'm lucky to. Well, I I, I take that back because. I've been playing so much Nintendo Switch, uh, being on my shutdown right now at work. Mm-hmm. I'm finding time to play video games. Don't get me wrong, but because uh, I've been playing Mario Kart eight, I don't know if you oh, have the Switch. Oh yeah,
0: right there. I mean, it that game is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, but anyways. Zelda, the New Zelda, not the Link's Awakening remake, but the, the Breath of the Wild. Amazing. Okay, so
1: I'm scared because my favorite video game of all time is about to blow people's mind. Skyrim. Is mm-hmm. my favorite video game of all time, and I understand people that are baffled by that. Like, how can that be your favorite when there's, you know, all this out there? That's no, a good game. I
0: understand it. Like, I couldn't play through it because I couldn't. Like, it's hard for me to keep my attention for that long. It's very of time. open.
1: Yeah. It, it's it's not a one track game. Like, you start here and you end here. It's got branches, and you go up. I've been playing that game for the better part of a decade. I still haven't beat it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That and that that frustrates people. But I love to constantly find new things within the game. But what I was gonna say was, is I've been told that this game is like Skyrim, as because it's big and there's a lot to do and stuff like that. So I'm scared because I've been playing. And listen, I'm gonna get flack for this too, but I've been playing that a Pokemon game on uh, the Switch. To, which
0: one, uh, uh, Sword and Shield, or No?
1: I've been told that that's what I need to be playing, and I need to take my skirt off and you know buy that. Mm-hmm. But I've been playing the. Um, I, dude, I never get the name right. Not Hey You Pikachu, but... Uh, Eevee? It's the Eevee Pikachu stuff, but it's like, let's go Pokemon or something. I don't you're like talking that. about But yeah. that's what we got <laughs> it's is that. Pikachu and
0: Eevee edition. Or yeah,
1: we got the Pikachu. Well, I'll tell you what we did. We bought it for my son. Mm-hmm. Secretly, it was for us. But um, <laughs> I've been playing that Pikachu thing, and it is so simple, and it's obviously geared towards kids. But I played it for seven hours. I've got seven hours in that game. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we got off on this, Will. How do we do
0: this? What well, could we seen? A switch. And, you know. <laughs> we have the attention span of a pea pod. Like if people say, like, why do you play Call of Duty? Well, because I can get on there and play a match, and an average match lasts six minutes, right? right? And then I'm on to the next match, so it's a different map or whatever or a different game mode. So it's like I can keep my attention going because it's something different each time. Whether it, like I played Zelda for hours, I didn't beat it, right? But I can only play so long, and then it's kind of like it's not that I dislike it it's just i just can't stay focused
1: here's the problem with skyrim and this is why i'll go back to it you brought up a great point in the call of duty thing like you know if i gotta go to work i can come down here and play a couple call of duty games done i'm out you know in the car i'm at work skyrim you start the game it's like a half hour 45 minutes till you even get going yeah like you gotta and i won't bore people to death with the facts i mean you gotta empty your bags you gotta have your gear you gotta have all this stuff you know and, and that's the beauty of games like Call of Duty, and even the even the uh, Mario Kart. Mario Kart, you can bang one if you if you're on 200 cc you can bang three or four races out like that. Mm-hmm. But
0: Smash Brothers stuff like that. We
1: got that too. We got four games. We got the the thing I just said the, the I don't know, whatever, Pokemon, the Pokemon. Mm-hmm. and I got the Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart Eight, which is what I played the most because the mm-hmm. game's unbelievable. And then what you just said, uh, Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Brothers frustrated me.
0: I played it the other day. And it's so busy. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's so competitive. Like they sport like Smash Brothers.
1: I get that, but it's
0: like when I played Smash Brothers on 64,
1: it was so cookie cutter and simple. It was addictive. Oh. This game, me, I was playing my my brother in law on a couple a couple nights ago. We we're playing Super Smash Brothers. He got it for Gavin. I was like, pop that in. We're gonna fight each other. And we popped in, and we we're just flying everywhere. I'm like, "Why are we not fighting? Like, yeah. I, I don't get it." And it's hard because it zooms out too. Yeah, it zooms out. You're like this big, you know. And I'm just like, "Are we gonna fight or not?" And I was like, "This right here is why Mortal Kombat's the greatest fighting game of all time. It's just, yeah. it's so simple, and you know." But we could talk about video games for days, days upon days.
0: So I, I've, I've got to ask you, top five movies of all time,
1: favorite. You know what? You actually said this before we went on the air, and me, like the dope that I am, didn't even think to, to prep beforehand. Uh, it, it's You're going to have to help me here, because if there, if, there, cause if you don't, there'll be silence where I'm thinking. Because
0: I, I can tell you, I'll tell you my five.
1: Please, because I may agree with you. Okay. So From worst to first, or just in, do they have
0: to be in order? I, I won't say they have to be in a specific order, but I will say my number one favorite movie of all time, people think I'm crazy, The Dark Knight. I don't think people think you're crazy. I think it's pretty common. I mean that that movie was what, three hours long? It and was and I sit there and it was like it was fifteen minutes. Like yeah. I was so into it.
1: And you're hypnotized every time Ledger's on screen. Absolutely. Hypnotized. What's he gonna do? Right. What's he
0: gonna do? He's
1: so nothing for Will nothing will ever ever be the same and i had this conversation too not to derail us here we had this as a top dude i'm burning up why do i have my jacket on i've been here for two hours i got my jacket on um but we had the discussion of what movies have you watched that you'll never experience it like you did the first time Mm -hmm. and that was one of the most obviously fight club was on there
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because fight club is just that's pretty much meant to be watched once right but The Dark Knight will never be the same because we saw it in the theater. I, I, I've told this story, too. I bought tickets for me and Keisha on a movie night. And I surprised her with tickets to The Dark Knight, a chick, to a Batman movie. She got mad at me. And she's like, I'm not going to watch Batman. That was for you and you know it. And I was like, shut up. Get in the theater be fine. She loved it. She was blown away by the movie. We saw it like three other times. But my point is, when you're in the theater, you'll never forget the first time whether it's the bank robbery scene in the beginning, and he pulls his mask off, and you'll never forget that. Whether it's the, the mafia meeting in the back of the kitchen,
2: yeah.
1: the party. A pencil. Uh, pencil. Yeah, and he just smashes that dude right through it. You you'll never forget the first time you saw it. I'm not saying it diminishes the replay value, but the way you felt mm-hmm. when he came on screen that first time. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. hypnotizing. So that's your like number... That's the, 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 the it's that's way my, up there.
0: That's my favorite movie okay. of all time. How many times did you say you've seen it? Legitimately. Probably at least 10, 15 times. That's,
1: yeah, that sounds about That's right. a long movie. Yeah, it's a long movie. Well, see, here's the thing. People like, I, I love when people say, what's your favorite movie? You say your favorite movie. How many times did you seen it? You say it 10 times. Like, that's not that many. Do you people like? Do you realize how many times that really is to sit there and watch a movie 10 to 15 times from start to finish? Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Yeah. I don't see. I don't understand. And this may be in your top five. And I apologize if I ruin the surprise here. The Godfather and the Godfather Part Two. I like those movies. Mm-hmm. But the Godfather Two is almost four hours long. Yeah. So if you say, if I say, you know, someone's like JB, what's your favorite movie? I say The Dark Knight, and I say Will, what's yours? You say Godfather Part Two, and I say how many times have you seen? You say ten times. It would blow my mind that you were able to sit there. That's forty
0: hours. Yeah, yeah. That's a week. It's a I work a week. week. Yeah.
1: It's 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 crazy to me. 10, 15 times The Dark Knight, I would say, counterpoint for me would be, this may blow your mind, but I've seen Batman Begins more than I've seen The Dark Knight, because I prefer that one. Really? I figured that would Batman was
0: Begins more. is the one that has, um, that's the one with
1: um, Liam Neeson, he plays Ra's al Ghul, it's the first movie before The Dark Knight. Oh, okay. The trilogy. I'm thinking yeah. the original, like Tim Burton. You're thinking Returns. Yeah, yeah. Batman Begins, you know, was the movie before. Told why. Because, and, and I've told this a million times, you know, me and my wife, we talk about it all the time. The, the reason Batman Begins works with me. Not only because I'll never forget the early days of like the internet. Not the early days of the internet, but like mm-hmm. forum boards and stuff. And they're like, guess who the villains are going to be. And I'm like, who's going to be? You know, I get on there, I look, and they say, Ra's al Ghul and the Scarecrow. I'm like, what? Right. What the hell are they doing that for? Ra's al And I knew who they were. Mm-hmm. They were like B-plus players.
0: Yeah, you're not talking Penguin, Joker, Riddler, you know. Catwoman,
1: Catwoman. Uh, uh, Two-Face. And I'm like, yeah. but you see, that was the beauty of it. That we weren't ready for. Because mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan is a genius. Yep. So I'm like, okay. I'm gonna go watch it, obviously, with you know buddies in high school and stuff. We go and see this movie, and this is what I was gonna say. We go and see it. The Scarecrow was unbelievable. The whole throwing the powder in people's eyes and the way it was, you know, he'd morph his face, crazy. And then I'm like, Liam Neeson is Raz Al Ghoul. Give me a break. There's no way this is gonna work. I was ready to crap on this movie. Because mm-hmm. I'm that big of a Batman fan and I've learned you gotta go with the motions here. That movie was so good. Not to say that it's better than The Dark Knight. I'm saying I prefer it. I'm not even saying that The Dark Knight's not a better movie, because it is. Mm-hmm. But I prefer that one, and I'll tell you why. The villains are great, but it finally explains why why Batman is able to beat everyone's ass. Mm-hmm. It's not just some rich boy who took the Taekwondo class, and he's able to beat right. everyone in every situation. Yeah. It told you why he is the way he is. Why he's able to be smarter than everybody else. Because he went through, you know, the, the... the What do they call it in the movie? It's different than the, the comic book. The League of Assassins. Yeah. I think in the comics it's the League of Shadows, vice versa. So they told that story. And, and that's why I think that movie was so special to me. Because they finally discussed that.
0: that whole series. Like, yeah. You know. The Dark Knight
1: Rises gets a bad a bad uh, rep. But that movie is... Yeah, Bane was... Tom Hardy was yeah. a, a, a boulder in that
2: movie. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean he they say he's like five foot six or something like that so they had to put stilts on him which he's is funny because I'm not, not tall I'm not tall either I'm five nine mm-hmm. but uh but if you look at him in that movie
0: he's like a bulldog
1: oh he's a brick wall but yeah the whole the whole trilogy so okay
0: sorry I did that what's your other f- four and people want to say I'm crazy because it's kind of the same thing but the new Joker movie I'm, I'm not hating on that dude it's unbelievable it was and from my perspective seeing it you know I I, I study like people I I study psychology like I'm not I don't go to college for it or anything like that but I read on that stuff I right. watch any documentary I can find on something on somebody that's got whether it be a serial killer whether it be whatever you know I try to understand how the mind works yeah and then watching that movie from the start It'll change you. It. This was not a, oh, you know, explosions and blowing up and you know fighting and throwing stuff. Right. And, you know, you know, I mean, like a typical superhero movie. This was not. This was a. This was a slow burner. This was drama. Yep. This was this slow meltdown that I seen. From the start. Yep. Which you kind of knew. I mean, obviously, the Joker's been around since the 60s, right? With Cesar Romero. Well, yeah, I mean... Th- and, and and he was a crazy clown, right? Right, I mean, he's been around since, you know,
1: 1939, basically. True, the, comic lore, the comics, yeah. But he's been on film but since on the Simmons, 60s. But yeah. on yeah.
0: And so you knew he was crazy. <laughs> right. But why is he crazy? Exactly. And it showed it. For and the first mean, time. Yeah. On film. Right. And, you know, you Phoenix... Is an excellent actor. Johnny Cash, he was excellent, you know, and other movies. And I Signs. Think, yeah. A lot of people didn't like Signs. I liked that movie, and he was really good in that. And Mark Wahlberg was not too well, wasn't he? No, that was uh, uh, Mel Gibson. Okay. Mel Gibson. And then, but, you know, thinking, you know, back to that movie, you know, the way he acted, and I think he might be a little crazy legitimately oh yeah so i think you know that he was acting obviously right because you know when he acted as johnny cash he, he acted as joker but i think it might have been a little easier for him because i think he is He's a bit of a whack job yeah i mean i remember he went on that show and he said he was gonna be a rapper he was like dead serious well know. yeah that turned out to be
1: like a, a, a joke it turned out it to was, be it was a, an independent film that was being made oh. and they were just trying to make it legitimate which was Brilliant! Well, hilarious. Oh. He,
0: like he looked like he was dead serious. Like there was oh. no facial. Dave or...
1: Letterman, his reaction. Is, I've seen that probably a thousand times. I love how mad Letterman got, but he was mad. <laughs> yeah. he's like, I'll come. On. He goes. He goes. I'll come on your show and chew gum because remember he was chewing yeah. gum the whole time. <laughs> he takes the gum out and he puts it under the table. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy! All right, so
0: you got the Joker, the Joker, and the Dark Knight. You know, both the Dark Knight and teams. Joker. So, three would be... Step Brothers. Oh, that's That's classic. I've seen it so many times. It's kind of like a modern age Dumb and Dumber. Oh, yeah. For sure. You know what I mean? Like, when I was a kid, I could watch Dumb and Dumber a million times. It's more of a risky Dumb and Dumber. It's a lot more language. Yeah. yeah. But just... You see the
1: guy's nuts
0: in the movie. Yeah. Shortly. But... Just the fact of two forty-two-year-old men, and then right. Will Ferrell and you know John C. Riley together is like classic. It's natural. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Talladega Nights, they it didn't <laughs> it didn't even have to make sense, but it right. was funny. Like, right. I, s- I can swear they ad lib it. Oh I think yeah. Like he just randomly says stuff, and they're like, "Oh, that's funny. We're keeping it in the movie." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, when he's sure. outside swinging the bicycle here. at him, oh. and, they're, and they're like out in the front yard. That's <laughs> screaming classic. Yeah. <laughs> So that I mean, comedy wise, has to be that. You know? Okay. Bloodsport. Um, yeah, uh, blood sport. Yeah, I saw it. Saw I, poster that, wall, yeah. I that poster on the wall. Yeah. Uh, I that poster on the wall.
1: I love how it. diverse your list is. Yeah. It's,
0: it's a good. It's a good uh, mixed bag. It, you know, I just absolutely. Me and Keith McCorkle. I don't know if you know Keith McCorkle or not. Me and Keith watched that. I had it on tape when I was a kid. We watched the tape so many times it broke. True story.
1: What, just like the VHS tape. Yes. Just corroded, just wore the brain. film down. Yeah, it's like an onion.
0: Yeah, and that just not that it's like some block, you know, blockbuster. I don't know how much money it made, if it made much at all. I know Van Dam back in the day was huge, you know. Right. But you know the the big burly biker guy and 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 that drama there, and then you know the big Korean guy and um, you know him going to train and all, you know, the whole bit. Um, it was just. Awesome, and then I like how it kind of—it was almost like showing MMA before MMA was a thing. You know what I mean? Right. He yeah, had being it shows like the guy, the smaller guy in Africa, and he's like karate chopping, and he's breaking the coconuts, and he's doing the kicks and, right. and the crawl that style. And then you got that one big sumo type guy, and he's like swinging these big barrels and rocks, and you know. And then you had like the the um, karate type guy. It was like the original UFC.
1: Right, you yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like sumo versus karate or jeet kundo versus It was like a promo. Jiu-jitsu, yeah. It yeah. was like a promo for yeah. UFC. But it was like uh, underground level. Right. And it was just, I don't know, it's awesome. I like the fights. I like the, you know, how they go through a lot of different fights and whatever. Kind of, it was kind of graphic You know, when he broke that guy's leg and the <laughs> comes out. It was yeah. pretty, pretty awesome there, the Korean guy. Um, so, you know, that, that, I'd say that's probably four. Okay. And five. You know, it's odd that I I like horror movies, but I don't have in one of my top five because I guess I because I really couldn't pick one. It's but, kind of a different list, though. But people think why this? But Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Okay, I'm judging because I'm gonna tell you
1: the '70s version.
0: The original. You better have a hell of a nostalgia for this. Because when I was little, uh-huh. I, you, I don't even really know if you remember, Low Bills. Remember Low Bills? It's the Mexican place now. On State Street. Like the grocery store. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Okay. Okay. I don't remember the place. I know what you're talking about. So when I was a kid, that was a Marsh and then went to Low, Bill, uh, or Low Bills. And they had like a little bitty portion you could rent movies. And like... My mom, I think, worked second shift at the time. We went to St. base, but she'd go in there and like she would rent that movie for us. So you could order Mexican food and rent tapes. No, back then there wasn't any, only only Mexican restaurant I know of in town. Back then was like Garcia's. Okay, you know, I was gonna like, say that would
1: be weird. I need like uh, yeah. some enchiladas, and I need the, spawn. Now
0: it's a Mexican restaurant slash Mexican grocery store. Right, but before it was low bills.
1: Didn't they get busted for gambling or something like that? No, that was a place. Sports betting or off something.
0: Central, I think. Oh, okay. I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, I don't know if it was a grocery or if it was like a. I don't know what it was. It was something, but uh, yeah, that that movie. And um, if you do the like research and you watch like the documentary on it, stuff like the reactions and stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of that was a legitimate reaction. Those kids and them people did not know. Like when they first see it they're like like their faces. They didn't know. Hm. And to put all that together as well as they did at that time frame. Right. And it's and it's one of those movies that every time it's on T V You watch it. I turn it on. Every time. Huh. And You're not a Charlie in the Chocolate Factory guy? No, I liked it. Did you? I am a Tim Burton fan. Okay. You know, Edward Scissorhands. Hands. Um, you know, Bat- Beetlejuice, Man. Batman. You know, love Beetlejuice. Watched it all the time when I was a kid. Um, what else? You know, Corpse's Bride. You know, um, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas. I had all those. Still do, I think.
1: You know, I had never seen that movie till about this October. What Nightmare Before Christmas? My daughter's obsessed with it. It's weird. It's, it's very weird. Your
0: interest. Yeah, it was.
1: I I finally saw it, and I was like, okay, I. I, I don't let me let me I don't get why it took the world by storm later because mm-hmm. you know it hit its wave later. Mm-hmm. It was still popular in the 90s but the way it took over pop culture I get why that happened because it was so easily like the, the, the gothic sort of uh, trendy thing to do but and it was a musical and it, yeah but it's like and if there's people out there that don't like this, I'm just basically saying. I don't understand why the movie is considered to be as amazing as people consider it. I'm I'll not agree. saying it's it's not a good movie, but it I it's overrated. It's overrated it, yeah, in my
0: book. It, I think it gets I think it stands out for the reason of it's not your typical Disney
1: yeah, well, the and story it was th-
0: also wasn't it like kind of the first claymation type thing as well, right? Well, I, I don't know about that, but I
1: do know that Disney and they didn't want to put it out because they were afraid of it would scare kids, so they let Touchstone release it. Ah, so Touchstone got the original rights to *An Hour Before Christmas*, but then once they finally released it on DVD in the early two thousands, Disney got it back. You know, because Disney's a mafia. Mm-hmm. They are. One of them. They are. People wonder who the mafia are? It's not the Italians anymore. It's Disney. Yeah, they own everything. They own they own it all. Yeah, I'm sure the Mountain Dew we just drink,
0: they probably own portion of it. Yeah,
1: they probably had they, the crate probably came from, you know, Walt Disney's warehouse. Mm-hmm. They own
0: everything, well. 6.99 Disney Plus well worth it. Though. Oh, oh, yeah. The bundles. I got it. Order.
1: I pay my dues to the mafia. Yeah. Um as far okay, top 5 for me. Obviously, Number one movie of all time is gonna be hard for me to be like it's this because right. I just can't do that. Um, uh, but mine's very. You, it's gonna surprise you. I'm very cookie cutter when it comes to top five. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Predator. No. I'm gonna say Terminator Two. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I seen, love Goodfellas. Yeah. I, I've seen Goodfellas a lot. Um, but they, but you see, it's like obviously you know Predator, Terminator Two. I could even say Terminator. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to fill the five slots with a couple of Terminator films, mm-hmm. although they played a pretty important role in my childhood. But, um, you know, uh, it, it's weird, man, because, you know, you said, you know, there are horror movies. That I, I could say Nightmare Before, or Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I could say that, but it's not a top five movie. I've probably seen A Nightmare on Elm Street more than I've seen Goodfellas, mm-hmm. but again, that doesn't make it a better movie. But, you know, I would say Goodfellas, I would say T2, I would say Predator. Um, But again, it it goes back to, like, uh, you know, I could say The Dark Knight, but this is going to blow people's minds. It is going to blow your mind most likely, too. But Man of Steel is one of my favorite movies. Really? And I know that that movie was met with such mixed reactions. But the reason I love it is because it's, it's not your typical, like, Pretty boy, superhero film. Yeah, it was yeah. dark. It was gritty. It was grimy. He, you know, he was like depressed because he was alien. Mm-hmm. But it was. It, but it was also physical. It was. It was like, uh, I I said gritty. Like the fighting was so over the mm-hmm. top. And I understand people didn't like it. No doubt. Yeah, you know, there are gonna people that prefer Christopher Reeves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's not people out there that prefer uh, Dil- uh, what's his name Brandon Ralph, who played in Superman Returns. I'm sure nobody prefers that. Yeah. So I get it if people are like, dude, you are insane if you think that Man of Steel is one of your top five
0: favorite movies, but it is. I love that movie. I'll tell you what, Batman versus Superman, I had such high hopes and I I could not step through the whole thing.
1: You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I am, uh, uh, my fans that listen to the show, uh, we do a lot of superhero movie talk. I am uh, a big, um, Marvel sucks. Let me just come out and say it. Marvel sucks and by the way Mm -hmm. forget my top 5 we're done with that because we just got into this it's over this is what the show will end on here if you're my guarantee Marvel sucks I don't care how much money they make Mm -hmm. I don't care how many comics they sell they they suck alright I'm going to go off on a rant I'm just warning you I hate them I hate everything about it it, it, to an extent let me tell you what's good about Marvel Mm -hmm. Spider-Man sucks It's one of the worst superheroes of all time Mm -hmm. he's stupid Mm -hmm. okay Iron Man Basically ripped off Batman, the suit, not not the suit, just the character in general. Right? You know, uh, the Hulk. Don't even get me started. Mm-hmm. The Hulk is just a, a stupid, angry green guy who can't control when he hulks out. Get Give green me a friggin' sure. break. The whole. Well, what about Superman? Nobody can kill him well, That's because he was the first. Every's awesome. Shut up, you're stupid. All right, I don't yeah. want to hear your Incredible Hulk bull crap. None of that. Yeah. Uh, any name an Avenger? They're stupid. Anyone? Uh, who, who, who's another? Thor. Thor is all right. I would say... All right, let me be level-headed here for a second. Marvel sucks. Okay? I'm a DC guy. It's in Mm -hmm. my blood. I was born into DC. I will die with DC. My fans call me the shield bearer of DC. Mm -hmm. I will defend them around every corner. The only good thing about Marvel, the only good thing about it, is X-Men. That's the only thing that they have that I actually enjoy.
0: Yeah, I... I will agree with that. The X-Men movies were excellent. Um, Will? I can't really name a bad X-Men movie.
1: The The cartoon. Oh, the cartoon is is a classic. Some of those 90s superhero cartoons, you know, uh, the animated series for Batman, Batman Beyond, X-Men, all that stuff. Even Teen Titans was unbelievable. But, like, and I know people that are listening to this that hear me are laughing right now because I've done this a thousand times. But I'm passionate about it. And because I'm a nerd, for one. I'm a big nerd. No, no doubt. There's no mystery there. The Avengers spanned what? 26, 20, 30 movies? 30,000? 30, however many movies they made. I bet they had three good ones. And I, I know you're disagreeing with me. You're just not saying no, it. No, no.
0: I honestly, I have not seen. You all don't the prefer Marvel? I have. No. Okay, never mind. i, I take mean, that back then. Batman is. He's king. If you go down there and look at my. What I have left of Blu-rays, I promise you, I have the X-Men collection. Uh which actually came with my Xbox One that she bought me for Christmas like two, three years ago. Yeah. Because, you know, I was like a 4K Blu-ray player in it or whatever. Which I like the X-Men movies anyway. Well, they're awesome. Yeah. But you'll see the original Batmans. I have the original series of Batman from the 60s. Right. You know, I've got all of the... Dark Knight, you know, Batman Begins, Batman, you know, Dark Knight Rises, all that. You know, I have all those. Uh-huh. I even have Batman vs. Superman, and I don't even like it. But you won't see me with a bunch of... I'll fix
1: Marvel. that, don't worry. You don't like it, I'll fix that. I'll get you to come around
0: on it. And Wonder Woman <laughs> coming out, that, you know...
1: Did you watch did Wonder not Woman? I Wonder
0: Woman. You gotta watch Wonder uh, Woman. We, we do have that. Uh, Nick, you really enjoyed it. Um, you gotta watch, but, It's
1: unbelievable it's probably it's arguably see my favorite is man of steel out of the dc mm-hmm. eu whatever they're calling it wonder woman is second okay and, let, and here's what i'm going to say out of all those marvel movies they made and i don't people they they are so ready to you know uh, completely just suck up to everything marvel puts out mm-hmm. right You'll hear Marvel fans go, they never released a bad movie. uh, Shut up.
0: Ant-Man? Wasn't that a Marvel movie?
1: Ant-Man was horrendous. Ant-Man and the Wasp? Trash. Uh, Here's what I was going to say. There's a handful of those movies that are good. Captain America, the first one, and Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is the best movie out of all those movies. Out of all those Marvel films. Whether people agree with that or not, I I don't care. Mm -hmm. But... Those uh, Ant-Mans, the Thor movies, that Thor Ragnarok movie Mm -hmm. made me want to puke. I don't know why. It just it sucked. I didn't like it. It It was puke-inducing. I couldn't stand it. The Dark World Thor was... I'm not going to go through every movie. I'm just saying. It sucks. I don't like it. Now, DC, we have like eight movies. Man of Steel was awesome. You didn't like BVS. I loved BVS. Wonder Woman was awesome. Did you watch Aquaman?
0: No. you gotta watch all of man. it, of I do have it though.
1: You gotta watch it. Suicide Squad gets railroaded. It's not as good as what it should have been, but, but I it liked still, it. I loved it. I, lo- I really did. Uh, and then Shazam. I don't know if you saw Shazam. No, I didn't. See. You gotta watch that one. It, it's it's all the DC movies are dark, and you want to know why I don't like Marvel? And I'll tell you because it's for friggin' kids. Marvel movies are for kids, mm-hmm. except for X Men. Those X-Men movies were geared towards uh, towards such a different demographic. All these Marvel movies, it's like, yay, Spider-Man. Yay, spinning webs. This guy's going to die. Oh, he's back. This guy's going to die. And listen, I know in-game they killed off Tony Stark. Good. Whatever. Don't care. All right? He killed one person off. One. You gotta not be afraid to kill people. That's why you let people loved Game of Thrones until the last season. Mm-hmm. You'd be in f- season five, episode two, and they kill off a main character. Walking Dead. Walking Dead. You gotta keep people on their toes. But even The Walking Dead's getting bad, where like, it's either gotta be the season premiere or the season finale mm-hmm. or the mid season finale. That's when the stuff goes down. Yeah. Keep people on their toes. DC's not afraid to do that. They're not afraid to kill people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, they're not afraid to literally kill people.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, not the superheroes themselves. But just in the show, there's people getting killed and stuff. And, and, you know, in these Marvel movies, oh, this Avengers, Infinity War, horse crap that they came out with. like, Spider-Man's dead. It's like, shut up, stupid. All right? They're yeah. going to bring him back in the next movie. <laughs> right. You really think they're going to sit there and let a bunch of five-year-olds cry over Spider-Man? They're going to bring him back. And like, oh, the Black Panther's dead, you know? It's like, it's like no it's, shut your mouth. Yeah. All right? Bang your head up against the wall because you're already stupid. Mm-hmm. It's not going to do any more damage.
0: Yeah, and they... Yeah, I know. It's
1: geared towards children, Will. That's yeah. that's like it, it, it's that's why it does so well. People say, "Well, JB, how come Marvel makes so much more money than DC does?" Geared towards children. Yeah. You can't compete with it. You can't compete. You, as a Batman versus Superman is one of the darkest superhero movies you're ever gonna see. That movie wasn't gonna do well up against Avengers. Right. Where you could walk in there with a juice box and a friggin', you know, bag of carrots and walk out like a hummingbird. No, that's stupid. Sorry, I went off on a weird rant on that. I don't like Marvel. I don't like him at all.
0: You know, I knew Joker was gonna be a good movie. As soon as I walked up to the door and there was a literally a typed letter that says, Do not take your kids to this. Yes. This is not your normal superhero movie. This is the you know what I mean? Like this is different, like I'm like, okay, it's already got me intrigued. I instantly Which watching it. the you know, a little commercial for it. You know, the, the, the previews. And the preview, man. Yeah. I was like, already, I got were all to in. This. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't go to the movies. Like,
1: I, often, as soon as you know, all we all walked all in the theater, I saw that. I Instagrammed it. Which, by the way, at JB Sports Radio and everything. Cheap plug. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. JB Sports Radio. JB Sports Radio. Got to mold it into people's brains. Um, I Instagrammed it immediately because, like you, I was like, that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. don't take it. it said this is not your typical comic book movie, Is what it said right uh it, i actually think i have it on my phone i posted it on a, all over the place but here here was the interesting part about the joker film was there was so much uh you know uh what do you call it fear for the movie because they thought it was going to inspire mass shootings and stuff like that yeah. and uh which
0: last batman movie the dark
1: knight rises aurora the Aurora shooting, which has been falsely reported—that
0: he was a Joker fanatic, that
1: he like dressed that. up as the Joker. There was the—he—he he said, "I am the Joker," or something like that, some weird press conference. But people were like, "He was wearing Joker makeup, and he was dressed up in a purple suit." It's like, no, he wasn't, dummy. No, His hair was dyed red.
0: Yeah, it was like an orange, Yeah, that,
1: that was it. Now, granted, I'm not. Those victims, I have much sympathy for the right. families. I'm not trying to denigrate right. anything that happened. God bless those families, and I hope that they're able to get mm-hmm. through whatever they have you know, in front of them. But I don't like misrepresentation in the media, and unfortunately we got a lot of that nowadays, but we're not going to do that. Um, but there was a lot of mass shooting scare with this because there was like some stuff surfacing online. And whether you weren't scared or not, I did go in there with a little bit of anxiousness, like I hope something doesn't happen, mm-hmm. and that kind of added to the movie. The movie did a billion dollars.
0: Oh yeah, it was like one of the top grossing movies. It year.
1: is the highest grossing, it is the highest profiting comic book film in history. That's awesome. I've reported on this film on my show every day. Trust me, the fans are over it. But <laughs> like it, it had I think a hundred. 75 to 125 million dollar budget Maybe even lower than that mm-hmm. And it did 1.1 $1. $1 billion. billion dollars Dr. Evil's time Billion dollars But awesome. think about that for a second mm-hmm. That movie was never supposed to do that no. Never and, and, and I love that Because for one it's a DC movie And two and, and, and I won't go off on a tangent here But the fact of the matter is No Marvel villain Can lace the boots to any DC villain, no. it's just in the Batverse. Yeah. Think about it. When you yeah. think villain in comic books, who do you think of? You think of the
0: Joker, Joker Riddler, Penguin. You think all those.
1: Two Face. But the fact of the matter is, when you think villains, the number one. I don't care if they're five years old. I don't care if they're fifty years old. The number one image that pops in your brain is the Joker. And all these little, you know, ten-year-old, you know, pantywaists walking around going, Thanos is number one. Wrong, Thanos is was a nobody ten years ago. Mm-hmm. The Joker's been a somebody since the th- late '30s. Yep, I mean we were in World War II when the Joker was coming up. Yep, you know. So, well, me and you both. I frazzled them with that rant, big time.
0: Me and you are both <laughs> huge horror fans. Oh yeah, and obviously, Sid Haig passed away this year. Super sad. Very sad. Um, He was legitimately one of the nicest guys I ever met. Never met him, and I'm very, lo- uh, very jealous of you. Um, as a matter of fact, if you see the blue, there's three oh yeah, photos. he's got okay. So he's
1: got a plaque on the wall. Let me look at this real okay. quick. So
0: he's he signing. Signed oh, so that's from 2013 when you oh, went there. I didn't get to go to that. Okay. Okay, I had to work. Uh, my friends Tom and Dan went up there. They went up there, they met to me, Ace Freely. Oh, okay. Right? It was Days of the Dead. Right. And Sid was up there. So, well, they knew I was a big, you know, fan oh, yeah, of yeah. the, you know, corpses, rejects. Yeah. So, my buddy Dan runs into him, you know, talks to him in the lobby of the hotel before, like, the thing started. Yeah. You know, and talked to him for, like, 20 minutes or so, whatever. He's like, yeah, I just, you know, set the table up, whatever. And so they go through. They meet Ace Freely And it must have been towards the end of the thing. Because I'm laying in bed. It's like 11 o'clock at night. And I just got off work, whatever, 1130, something like that. And my phone rang, and it said it was Tom Craven, which is Dan's brother. And I'm like, what in the world are they doing Call me at 11 o'clock? You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So I answer my phone. And I hear... The Captain Spaulding voice, okay. and I'm like, "What?" So I start kind of getting like crappy because I'm thinking somebody jacked with me or something, right? And he like does that laugh, you know, he does, you know, in the movie, and I'm like, he, and then I hear Tom grab because you know who that is? I go, "Well, it sounds like Captain Spaulding." He goes. Yeah, we're standing here right now with Sid hey it, it was actually him on the phone. It was actually him on the phone. He got back on the phone. He talked to me for like 15, 20 minutes on the phone. Seriously? Seriously. And they told him, like, you know, I couldn't go because of work, blah, blah, blah. He's a big fan. Oh, awesome, he said, you know, and told him what I did for a living. Yeah. He said, I got a lot of respect for them guys. You know, he said some guy, you know, tried to put something together basically claiming to be him to try to rip people off for money you know that kind of crap yeah and he was talking about how you know they helped him out and you know our line of work and stuff and so i talked to him you know for 15 20 minutes coolest thing ever right and then come christmas time they gave me that they had it made with the date stuff and then that's him on the phone with me oh that's what that is yeah oh okay And that's him signing the picture, and then that's the picture he signed. That's wild. So, in 2000 and... What year was it?
1: It says 13 on the plaque.
0: Well, yeah, that year. 2015 or 16, Days of the Dead came to Indy for like the first time. Uh Uh-huh. And they advertised it, and the big thing was they were going to have Ric Flair. Oh, boy. Biggest Ric Flair fan, favorite wrestler of all time, told Nikki, she goes, we got to go. She goes, if you don't go, you'll regret get it the rest of your life. You yeah. Know. We got to go. We'll go. Go ahead and get my ticket. They're lined, like, literally outside and around the building for Ric Flair. For Nate? For the Nate. You know, this is a horror convention, right? Right. I mean, oh, they, yeah. I mean, there's Bill Mosley and Sid Haig and Kane Hodder. And,
1: Love uh, Kane Hodder.
0: The... Uh, I think the twins from The Shining. Yep, right? I, I remember
1: seeing... Uh, they were on it just last year.
0: Like, all, like there was just all these people. They have
1: makeups of special effects artists on there.
0: Yeah, and, and like, they will sell so many tickets. Like, I know Sid Haig... I don't know if it was that year or not. You actually wore his Spalding costume, did the pole paint. Oh, or I should have went. But they only sold so many tickets to that. Right. You know what I mean? So, we go up. Uh, there was a huge line for Sid, Sid mm-hmm. is the only one in the entire place that would not charge you to get a picture taken with him.
1: Yeah, I heard about that. What the, I heard Nature was charging like 30 bucks, right? Oh. Um, more than that? It
0: cost me, for a picture and an autographed 8x10, it was $80. Get the get out of here. I swear to it. And they, and they were lined all the way around the building. Sid would, you could go up and get a picture taken with him. Yeah doing not charge you nothing. You know what I mean? He's you talk to you whatever. Um, now, if you wanted to buy eight by ten, they were twenty bucks. Or right. Something, yeah. You know, just for the photo, not that bad. And like he, that one right there. Yeah, what I got I got that one. And Devil's then, Rejects. Yeah, and then the first one's from The House of Thousand Corpses. Remember when he's getting robbed?
1: Oh, yeah, that one right there. Yeah, the gas station. The uh, the, the
0: where he has the ride.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where well the guy pulls his mask off and yeah. he's like, "What are you doing?" And I remember that whole scene. But yeah, that's so
0: hands up. That's yeah. what
1: he said. That's what he does when he says hands up. Yeah,
0: he just his fingers up. and then so
1: <laughs> got the you know, double birds going. I
0: go up there and I you know get my picture taken with him and I had him autograph that picture there and uh, Nicky got his picture taken with him and I I talked to him. I said, "I don't know if you remember me." I said, but you called me from Chicago a few years ago. I told him, you know, my job. He goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, your, your, your friends, the big guys. You know, Dan's a big guy, long hair. He said, the kiss tattoo. I was like, yeah. He remembered. I thought it was great. I mean, how many thousands of people? I bet many, the hair was
1: standing up on your neck, wasn't it? Oh, yeah.
0: Like, I mean, like, the convention. Like, how many conventions thousands upon thousands done? of people. Sure. And he remembered that. I was like, that is freaking awesome. So... We get done. We get done meeting Sid, and then uh, we go over to Bill Mosley's table because the goal is is to get. I would like to get all three. I'd like to get, babies, get baby, yep. and then if, obviously if I could get Rob Zombies too, just because he obviously he's it's his creation. Uh, I just think that'd be cool. Um, but we go up and we're in line to meet Bill Mosley, and Bill Mosley is the most. He is the nicest guy celebrity wise i have ever met
1: well i see his interviews on youtube and he always seems very genuine
0: he is and if you've seen him you would not in a million years think that it's he's anybody famous right normal dude blue jeans flannel shirt short short hair uh, short hair you know beard um so we go up and i'm in line you know we're sitting there and we're just you know minding our p's and q's and waiting to get up there and these guys just kind of come butting through they got a camera and a mic you know i don't know where they're from right and they kind of butt in front of us and they're like hey bill you know blah 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 and they're like what would you do if this he's like a fireman they're like okay and then they're like well what it you know what's your favorite movie and he's like fireman and then they're like asking some random question that has absolutely nothing to do and his answer was a fireman. Because he didn't want to talk to him. Right. He thought they were being jerks. They cut in front of everybody. And who are they, you know? Right. And so they walk off and, you know. I. That's I a clever over.
1: little tactic. Yeah. I like that.
0: It's kind of like the uh, Marshawn Lynch well, saying, yeah. yeah I'm just here something. so
1: I won't get, get fired. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But he's you a know, fireman. That was his <laughs> And so, you know, we get Good for Bill. And, and he he apologized. I'm like, oh, you don't apologize. You didn't do nothing. You right. Know. Them guys the one did it. It wasn't nothing to do with you. Right. And he was real nice, soft spoken. I said, I think I said there's some days I would kind of wish I'd have been a fireman. And he's like, what do you do? And I told him what I did, you know, stuff right. and everything. And he's like, that's you know, it's cool. It's a noble noble profession, et cetera. You know, really really nice. Um. And I had he had some photos set out. I picked that one out there. Um. Adam him sign it, everything, and, uh, you know, he would charge so much for a picture, you know, the autograph, whatever, and then they also, you could pay so much and get a photo with him. Well, at that point, I'd already spent, like, Ric Flair it was, like, freaking $80, right? So at that point, I was like, you know, I'm almost spending more money. <clears throat> so me and Nick get the autograph, and I go walk away, and all of a sudden, I feel somebody pat me on the shoulder. I look back, and it was like his assistant. And she goes, "Hey, come here." So we walk back, and he uh, he gets up from the table where people lined up. He goes, "I want to get a picture with you guys." He so asked you for a picture. He asked us for a picture. Right. So we stand there. We get like two, three pictures, and he does like this hand thing he does in one of the movies. Um, got the picture actually in the other room, um, but and he gave me an eight by ten. T- Ten dollars back. What? He didn't even charge me the full price for the, because he was charging twenty bucks per picture. Right. Now He gave me ten bucks back and gave me, a, took a picture with us. He goes, I appreciate you and I appreciate what you guys do. That's crazy. And went back and sat out.
1: I mean, it's not crazy.
0: It, it is. It's crazy. But
1: to experience it, it would have been but, crazy. Yeah.
0: You know, to me, you know, and I and you know, I I don't I didn't bring I don't typically bring up work and anything, but. You got a guy who plays people in a movie that is, he's typically a killer or some psychotic. When somebody says somebody's a good actor, I don't think people take that into perspective. Right. This guy in the movie, I mean, he's been, a devil, House of Thousand Corpses, Devil's Reject. Texas Chainsaw three, 2. Free from Hell, yeah, Texas Chainsaw, which he had photos of that. He got autographed it too, it was awesome. The metal mask he has, you know. And, yeah you could go buy one of those for, like for the 40, shootout right yeah for like 40 bucks you could have got one of those signed they were cool I wish I would have got one of those um, but like I talked to after he went back I talked to his assistant and stuff and she was really nice and she said that he is the most respectful individual he is he totally opposite of, of any of what character. he plays on screen and he has kids he does not Utter a cuss word in front of his children. He doesn't cuss in front of his wife. He doesn't. She said he is straight laced, quiet, good dad. He goes to work. That's work. He comes home. It's gone. It's right. Gone. He's Bill. That's refreshing.
1: You know. know what I
0: mean? Yeah, of course. And I was like, that's awesome. Cause, and and I never put into perspective what somebody says is a good actor. Well, uh, he is a good actor. He, he's amazing. Well, t- Cause cause that's
1: that's me. why those movies did so well because they're all. Amazing actors. Yeah. Even even uh, Sherry. She's yeah. a great actor. She just only works with her husband. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you a funny story about the Mosley thing on the bonus features of Devil's Rejects. I don't know if you ever saw this. But uh, there was this scene where he forces himself on to the woman in the hotel room.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. And, where he cuts the face. Right. Yeah.
1: And he, they did like three or four takes of it. And Bill Mosley off camera went to Rob and was like, "Rob, I just want to let you know, man, I'm getting kind of bummed out here. Like I'm," yeah. he said, "It was affecting him because it's a very it's graphic, it's graphic, it's yeah. offensive, it's a, it's a, it's a rape scene. It's not a it's not a, a comfortable scene, right? And he tells Rob Zombie, he says, look, man, I'm getting kind of bummed out here. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm I don't feel right. I know this is my job, but we're doing so many takes of this I'm mm-hmm. and it's starting to bother me.' And you know, he says that Rob Zombie said, look, art isn't always pretty.'" And Bill Mosley kind of took that into consideration, but you telling me what you just told me now, and like it, it, that makes more sense now than it did when I first saw that. Yeah, and I love that story though about Bill. I'll tell you a really quick one about Seamus. When I went to go meet Seamus, oh, okay. I don't think I've ever told this story on the air.
0: Was this uh, at like World of Wheels or something?
1: No, this was. We it was on our honeymoon. Oh, in 2014. <laughs> we 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 were going to Gallenberg. Mm-hmm. Okay, we were going to stay in Pigeon Forge cabin, you know, spend the days in Gatlinburg drinking and stuff like that. And uh, we, uh, I had bought us tickets to Night of Champions in Nashville, <laughs> Tennessee. And it just magically managed to be the same week because I bought those tickets before we had our wedding date. Right. That shows you how planned we were. And so I got the Night of Champions tickets and I was like, look, Night of Champions is on Sunday, which is the day after our wedding. So we got home, left that next morning, drove to Nashville, but there was a signing at a um, Walden. No, no, not Walden. Uh, what What's the Barnes and Noble? Barnes and Noble. There was a signing with WWE superstar Sheamus, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Keesh, let's go to that." I was like, "It's only like twenty minutes out of the way. We'll grab a bite to eat, and we'll go over there and mm-hmm. talk. You know, big Sheamus, and we'll we'll, we'll drive to to Bridgestone." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, we we go, we get food, and then we go to, to uh, Walt, uh, Barnes & Noble. And the line, I, I was like, I, I had no idea that, like you said, there was lines out the door for these people. For some reason in this day and age, I think that signings just aren't going to draw very big anymore. Right? Wow, was I wrong that day. Mm-hmm. We showed up at this Barnes & Noble, and it looked like Bonnaroo out there. For Sheamus. He wasn't even that big at the time. Right. He was like the U.S. champion. Mm-hmm. Actually, he was the U.S. champion. So anyways, we get in line. We wait forever. Here's here's kind of what ties into the Mosley thing was. So Sheamus is sitting there at the table. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there and he's signing autographs. Me and Keith, you know, we just got married the day before. Mm-hmm. And uh, we bought the, uh, in the store they had those WrestleMania 30, uh, the commemorative, uh uh, 30 years of WWE. The book. The book. Yeah. And and so I bought one. It was like 20 bucks or whatever. And it was, it's really nice. I still got it. It's a really nice book. It's all gloss finished and, you know, matte covers. And uh, they said, you know, he'll sign it. And, and the rule was he would sign two things. He would sign up to two things. And uh, so people took all kinds of stuff, pop dolls. But anyway, so we wow. waited like for. I mean forever, Will. I was like, dude, I like Seamus, but I'm about to bail. Like mm-hmm. it was getting that bad. But my God, was it like once we got up there, was it worth it? We get up there, and I say, "What's up, Seamus, man?" I was like, "This is my wife, Keish, you know." And my name's Justin, and he was like, "Well, it's great to meet you guys, you know." And he starts signing the book, and he's like, "So where are you guys from?" And I said, "We're from Indiana." And he kind of looked up, and he was like, "Indiana?" And I was like, "Yeah," and I told him where we were from, and he was all like, "Did you drive all the way here to meet me?" And I was like, "Well, yeah," but I didn't know, I didn't understand the question because I was nervous. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, man, we, we love you. Like, you're awesome. I was like, you know. And he was like, and he kept, and he stares right at me.
0: Yeah. He's he, a big guy.
1: He's hu- huge. This guy is a monster. TV doesn't do justice to Sheamus, Cesaro, or Brock Lesnar. I learned that that night at Night of Champions. <laughs> Cesaro and and uh, Sheamus are two monster people. Brock Lesnar, though, it, 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 he looks like somebody out of, like uh, like, like, sp- well, I was going to say yeah, Thanos yeah <laughs> I was going to say it. like 300 yeah. he looks like one of the villains from 300 this dude comes out I mean he's got muscles in places don't need to be there yeah. but anyways he goes you guys drove all the way from Indiana to meet me I was like yeah man and he was all like hang on a minute and he like whispers and he gets his publicist mm-hmm. comes over and I was like I look over at Keisha and I kind of went like ooh yeah. is, he, is he got something against Indiana people he's going to kick us out not really but she comes over and He goes, he pulls out two tickets to Night of Champions. They were Mm nosebleeders, but they were two tickets. He goes, look, I I can't, you can't be here, meet me, and not go to the show. He's like, I don't want you to have these tickets. I was like, no, 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 we're going to the show. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to that. And he was like, oh, he goes, I thought you you drove all the way from Indiana just to come to this signing. And I was like, no, we're on our honeymoon. And that's where it started. Mm-hmm. I said, we're on our honeymoon. We just wanted to come by here before we drove and got our hotel at the Holiday Inn neck across from Bridgestone. He was like, oh. And he like wiped his forehead. He's like, dude, you guys have me worried, man. You know that accent yeah. he's got. And so he, get, he gives the tickets back. He, gets, he, he says, let me have your book back. And he gave me the book. Or I gave him the book. And he wrote congrats to the newlyweds and wrote some other stuff in there, too. You know? And he was like, what's his saying? Uh, shame was his big saying. Fella. Fella, he yeah. Said, he said, uh, he said uh, uh, congrats to the newlyweds, uh, uh, fellas, or something like that. And I was like, wow. I was like, thanks, man. He's like, you want to get a picture? And I was like, yeah. So we get a picture. We walk away. I'm mm-hmm. not making this up. We walk away. And uh, uh, he goes, hey, 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 hey. He starts calling us back. And yeah. we kind of turn. And his publicist goes, we got to move along. He's like, no, no, no. These people drove from Indiana. And he's like, come over here. Comes over. Gives me his belt gives me his belt. He doesn't give it to me. Right. He gives me his belt and he says, "Hold that up, you know, over your head and get a picture." And so I held it up over my head, and got the picture with him. Nice nicest guy.
2: Yeah.
1: Gave me all kinds of like, you know, free FaceTime and stuff with him. But yeah, he's kind of awesome. reminded me of that, but some of the people are so genuinely nice. But then you get, you know, some people that are just there to collect a quick paycheck
0: and yeah. get out. But... I watched a documentary on Kane Hodder. Love him. Who obviously played Jason not the original one that was Ari Lane.
1: He played Jason uh from I think New Blood to Goes to Hell, right? I think so. Yep. And then he obviously he played uh and
0: Hatchet uh, Victor Leslie Crowley.
1: Vernon Victor not Leslie Vernon. I'm thinking of something totally different. Victor Crowley. He played in all of them. Yeah. But he did not play Jason in Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> I used to
0: think that and I never understood why he didn't get that part, but that's neither here nor there, but yeah. But I watched that documentary and how bad he was burnt up and about died and all this stuff. And back we were talking about how like Otis or Bill Moseley plays like the most like psychotic parts but he's so nice. Right. Kane Hodder is the exact same way. They like, interviewed all these people all these people that's worked with him and stuff. And the guy and girls and stuff at working said that the guys that play the twisted dark Sick parts are usually the nicest. Usually the nicest guys. Yep. You can uh, ever work with. Yep. The guys that are the heroes, superheroes, are normal jerks. They're arrogant, cocky. You know, um, they're divas. They they want everything their way. If it's not their well, way. Well, look they, at
1: Robert Downey Jr. They,
0: yeah, that guy's and, a drama queen. And it was just odd to think that, you know. But you know he and I seen. I didn't go and get an autograph and stuff. Yeah. But I did get to see, see Kane Hodder, said hi to him, i walking by, you know. Like I said, at that point, I'd spent so much money, it was like, we gotta get out of here. But uh, if you haven't been in the Days of the Dead, man. I gotta go. If you enjoy horror movies at all, it's just the cosplay costumes alone oh, that sure. people dress up as are unbelievable. T- you know what it is, Will, I'll tell you.
1: The different you, you brought up superheroes, but I'll just tell you the difference between horror and everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Horror is probably the most tight knit community when it comes to fans, mm-hmm. and the reason that I think these guys are so respectful to their fans mm-hmm. is because well, not only is there there's not a lot of money in horror, right? There's not unless you're an all time icon. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even know what Mosley and Haig's net worth is. It's probably not a lot.
2: It's
1: mm-hmm. probably why they're doing the conventions. <laughs> But at the same time, those conventions are filled with fans who, who eat, sleep, and breathe horror movies like us. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we live and die by the horror movies, no pun intended. I mean, it just it's such a tight-knit community, and I think that they knew that. You know, Bill and Sid and all those guys, mm-hmm. they know that these fans would give their... They'd take a bullet for them. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why, you know, especially in your case. But, you know, it's... Yeah, I, I love that... The, and I'm not saying it doesn't exist in other fan groups. Right. I mean, but the comic book people are
0: insane people. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know if you read or if you follow Rob Zombie or anything on Facebook or whatever, but he wrote a big, long post the evening that Sid Egg passed away.
1: Was it the iPhone notepad or whatever that he wrote? The message on, and then posted it out, or was it like an actual like? This was a
0: typed out thing on Facebook, okay. but it had. But he was talking about how Sid was really bad sick when they were shooting Three from Hell. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've seen Three from Hell yet. I have not. Uh, it's excellent. Um, it's this different because, but he was sick, obviously. Correct. Right. Um, he's in the movie, um, not long, but you when you see him. He just does not look. I mean, he looks like he weighs 150 pounds.
1: I thought he looked rough in Halloween.
0: Yeah.
1: When he was the great uh, the groundskeeper. Oh, Sid. It's Sid. And yeah. and.
0: The... But you can tell in that movie he was sick and he was just hurting. Right. And Rob Zombie put in there that. You know, he told him he's like, man, I understand. You don't have. You don't got to do it, man. If you can't, just tell me. I'm not gonna be mad. I'm not gonna be upset. We'll we'll move some stuff around. Whatever. And he said that, no, that I will be there. You know, I can't do much, but I want a part. And he said that basically he thanked him for giving him because, you know, people don't realize Sid Haig was in James Bond movies and stuff, and westerns in the 60s and 70s and stuff. And, he was a
1: henchman in the original Batman series. Yeah. He, he was yeah. a henchman.
0: And he, you know, and he just kind of fell off like nobody wanted anything to do with him anymore. And... Rob Zombie calls him out of the blue. He's like, hey man, I'm making this horror movie and, I'm, and I don't think he'd even ever been in a horror movie. And Spalding become an iconic character. Yeah. I mean, you think horror movies now. You got Jason. You got Freddy. You got, you know, Michael Ghost Myers. Face, Ghostface. Ghostface. Uh, Jigsaw. And and you got and hey, Spalding. Spalding, dude. Yeah. With, with the hat and everything.
1: To be fair, the trio. Yeah. That trio is are, are an iconic trio.
0: And he... Like he said, he credited Rob Zombie for giving him a resurgence, yeah. and he made, like you said, their net their net worth probably not that much. Right. But them guys go, like you said, fans are die hard. Mm-hmm. He goes to these conventions. He charges twenty bucks a a picture with an autograph. You know, most fans can afford twenty bucks with an autograph, sure. right? And and like I said, the ones that can't, he still takes a picture with them. Mm-hmm. Only one there that did it. But think about it. He probably sold a thousand pictures. a pop. He probably made good money off of it. Yeah. No doubt. And he probably did eight or ten of those conventions a year. Yeah. But he was thanking Rob for that because he gave him that chance.
1: And to be fair, even if he wasn't doing those conventions, he was probably living comfortably. I'm not saying he could just go out and buy a Porsche or something like that. But he was living at his house and he didn't have to worry about money. Right. But, you know, it it kind of, uh, you know, obviously... My favorite band is pretty much Queen. I mean, I love
0: Queen, mm-hmm. Metallica and all. I would have guessed breaking Benjamin. But,
1: but well, Benjamin, it, it, it's morphed over time. It's a, like I said, it's a, it's a friggin' revolving door. Mm-hmm. I can listen to Benjamin. But Queen, it's the Freddie Mercury effect. I'm not saying I'm comparing Sid Haig to Freddie Mercury, mm-hmm. but when Mercury, did you ever watch Bohemian Rhapsody? Absolutely. It's amazing. It film. was very good. It's amazing.
0: Um, Probably top five films this year. Oh, I, no doubt.
1: It, well, it, well, it was last year, though. It was 2018. Oh, wow. This year what went by mean? so fast, it yeah. felt like that. But Bohemian well, Rhapsody cleaned up at the Oscars, won like five of them. Mm-hmm. But if you remember in the film, when he, when he contracts uh, AIDS, mm-hmm. and he has the meeting with Brian and,
0: and uh, mm-hmm. you, you know. And he's walking down that hallway after he leaves the doctor. Eight,
1: and then he has the meeting with the guys, and they talk about, you know, he says, I, I got it. I'm infected with it. And they knew what it was because they knew he was gay, mm-hmm. you know. He and, never came out with it until the end. Right. But he, he he knew that he was having trouble with his voice because he was sick. But my point is, in comparison to Sid, hey, he said he wanted to spend what little time he had left making music. So it's kind of like Sid. It's like, yeah, he's sick. He knows he's not doing well, but mm-hmm. he still wants to do what made him who he mm-hmm. is. You know if that makes sense. You know Freddie, yeah. he didn't want to live out his life in a hospital bed. He wanted to continue making music, because right. that's what that's who he is, right. and that's who Sid was. Yeah. Sid and was he
0: and he was so bad. I mean, so bad off. Like he did the laugh, iconic, right? And then you could tell his pain, and it was sad. Right. And he was so small. It was sad, and he was in the movie maybe ten minutes. Really. That's it. And right, you know, I won't spoil it, but like right towards the beginning. But it just, but that shows that you know that dedication that he had, one for the fans, two to Rob Zombie. You know, thank you for giving me that. Yeah, that you know that bringing me back when nobody else was calling me about a, a part or picking me for a part or whatever. Yeah. And Rob actually, when he came up with the character, that's who he had in mind.
1: Well, that's what he says. He always writes for who he has in mind, and he knew that about Mosley too. Mm-hmm. I've watched all those. Dallas Thousand Corpses uh, TV spots and bonus features where he talks about all that. I, I love that stuff. But um, what's it been like four hours since we've been on the air?
0: Oh, a couple least. See, I,
1: you're, you're regretting having me on. I oh, told wow. you, I told you it would go long.
0: This, this has been good. Yeah. So we'll close it. We'll close it out that way because we, we don't want to lose people's attention. But let's say top five top five bands or artists or Groups, musicians, whatever. All right, so
1: I gotta be careful with this one. Um, because I
0: like I like to do this with each person because I like I'm the type of person that I like all types of music. Same, yeah. Like, but I have like, a preferred like, like you yeah, exactly. Like yeah. you know, like like you said, you don't like country music. There's probably some you listen to. Sure.
1: That. I love Aaron Lewis. Love Aaron Lewis. Yeah.
0: Okay. I don't consider what they play on the radio today. 95% of that is not country music. That's some weird pop we You might as well turn country. on, exactly, turn on pop or Backstreet Boys or something because it's the same thing.
1: Anytime I hear like Jason Aldean or Luke Bryan yeah. or there was that, it's funny I brought up the Night of Champions thing. There was a terrible, terrible country band that actually made an appearance on that pay-per-view. Called Florida Georgia Line, mm-hmm. and they are the most puke-inducing country music I've ever hippies. heard. Of. Is that re- <laughs> hippies? Is that really country music? <sighs>
0: no. You see what's on my shirt, Hank Williams Jr.
1: Oh yeah, that that's true country.
0: Are you a Garth guy too? I do like Garth Brooks. I've never seen Garth Brooks live. Um, I wish I would have went last time, but I didn't. Do the uh, financials, but um, I've seen Hank. Three or four times, and it, it's awesome. Keish went and saw Garth at uh
1: What do they call it now?
0: I don't know. Ruoff. What's it Deer Creek. No, it's it
1: used to. No, 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 not there. This was at a. Uh, uh, Consico. Okay, what it's call Bankers it? Life now, maybe? It well, see, I thought it was Bankers Life, but somebody said it's something else now, so I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't we'll know. just call it Bankers Life. We'll, we'll I call like, it Conseco. We'll we'll I will never not call it Conseco. Bankers Life can piss off. I, I won't yeah. call it anything Conseco. But she went and saw Garth at Conseco two years ago with her brother. Mm-hmm. With her with her brother and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I think her mom would too. And she said it was awesome. Oh yeah. She said it was a bang up show. Like it was just, it was, it was clean. It 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 flowed because you know sometimes you go see somebody they talk ten minutes in between each song. It is the most annoying thing in the world when bands do that. I want to hear, I want to hear you play, bang bang bang. Maybe you know come in between, say something for about five minutes. Then I want you to finish it out strong. You know I don't want you dilly dally. One of the worst bands I've ever seen live. And I you like Stained, right? Love them. They are one of the worst bands I've ever seen live. Really. Stained and Disturbed are two of the worst bands I've ever seen live.
0: I've never seen Stained live. I've seen Aaron Lewis multiple times by himself.
1: I've seen Stained live twice for 10 minutes. They headlined both shows that we saw. Mayday and X-Fest or something like that. Uh-huh. Both times, Will, when they opened up, we left. And it wasn't because they were bad. It, it, they, but they weren't good enough to keep us from not battling the traffic. Ah. We just left. Now, Disturbed, on the other hand... I like Disturbed. They're okay. You're not gonna catch me, you know, tattooing their logo on me. Right. I've seen them live three times. We've left early on both of them, on two of them out of the three. Now really? I saw them at the Free Oz Fest like 11 or 12 years ago. They headlined with System of a Down, who sucks equally, by the way. Yeah. I know a lot of people like System of a Down. They're terrible live.
0: Yeah. That... I cannot remember the guy, their lead singer's name. but something. Oh, a
1: Surge Tankian. Surge. Surge.
0: He did a song with Tech Nine, the rapper, is actually pretty unique.
1: I'm sure uh, Serge is very good. I'm not, he wasn't even the bad part of the show. It was that whiny guy on the guitar. Mm-hmm. He, I, I just wanted to run up and punch him right between his <laughs> eyes. He was annoying me so bad because they played that song. It's not a bad song. What was the song about the Iraq War? The BYOB or something like that, right? I think so. They played that song, and I have never wanted to jump the gate and beat someone to a living pulp like I did that guy. He was the whiniest dude I've ever heard on a microphone. I just wanted to grab him by the throat and just, shut up. I mean, it was so annoying. But, all right, top five. I got to go. I'm wearing a Queen shirt right now. Got to go Queen. Mm Got to go Led Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got to go Breaking Benjamin. Mm -hmm. I got to go Metallica. And I got to go... I love Megadeth,
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay? They Megadeth beast. has aged like wine. And when I say that, it's because they've always stuck true to their roots.
2: Yeah.
1: I love Metallica. Metallica's had, they've had some, uh, we'll call them foo-paws throughout their career. Yeah, And I'm not even talking about Sane Anger. A lot of people don't like that album. I love that album.
0: Yeah, I like it. I mean, I...
1: You listen to Megadeth's first album, and you listen to their most recent album, Dystopia, which is arguably the heaviest record they've ever released. And he's in his 50s. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. So I got Led Zeppelin, which is like classic rock. I don't consider Queen classic rock. That's just rock.
2: Mm -hmm. Like,
1: Queen is just rock and roll. Uh, You know, Breaking Benjamin is like alternative metal, alternative rock, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And then Metallica is... By today's standards, it wouldn't necessarily be considered metal of what they do now. Which, I'll tell you, the album they just came out with, uh, Self-Destruct, or what is it? What the hell is it called? Uh, Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Yeah. It is one of their heaviest records I've ever heard. Metallica? Yes. Yeah. Uh, But I still stand by my favorite Metallica album of all time will always be Injustice for All. It is just anyway. It's awesome. So oh, I'm yeah. trying to think, who am I going to reserve that fifth slot for? You know, I'm trying. I try mm-hmm. to think. I, I was talking the other day on the air, and I had thirty thousand plays for Led Zeppelin on my iTunes. Thirty thousand plays. Now, obviously, I'm not sitting there thirty thousand times and listening to the whole song. I probably right. fell asleep, or it's probably played. But it, it speaks volumes mm-hmm. that it's been. Those songs have been played thirty thousand times. But. I don't honestly I don't the fifth slot is confusing. Cause I'm gonna say somebody right now, I'm gonna drive up the road, and somebody's gonna somewhere. pop up on my Amazon Prime, and I'm gonna be like, you know, I'm gonna be like, damn it, I forgot. But it, it's important to know Allison Chains.
0: Absolutely. Wayne Staley.
1: Allison Chains was such a pivotal part of my like high school years. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, I listen to so much
0: That unplugged on MTV, that one unbelie- it's oh, the best unplugged goodness.
1: that's ever been. And listen, Nirvana, I love their unplugged show. I love their Nevermind album. Anything else
0: they've ever done to me
1: is really not that great. And I know that's, that's gonna trigger some people, but it's true.
0: Yeah. And I I have admiration for I'm not a huge Nirvana fan. Never was. You know, even when I was younger, you know, Respect him. Yeah. Respect Kurt Cobain. Of course. Some of the quotes he said make so much sense. Whether I agree with him, his lifestyle, any of that. There's a lot of people I don't agree he with. He was a lifestyle. drug addict. He was a drug addict. Yeah. I got family that's drug addicts. So I understand that part. You know what I mean? Like, you mean you know Jake died from it. Right. You know, I, I've lived through death. One of the biggest regrets I have my entire life is that I did not go speak with Jake. Right. Live with it every day. Eats me up at times. Sure, now deal with it because I, I was stubborn and I said no. He won't listen to my grandpa. And my grandpa is the most respected man in the family. He won't listen to him. He won't listen to me. Right, that's true. Yeah, that's but, a good point. You know what? It still I still have it. It weighs it. on you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I I get you know I get all of that.
1: But but he was a deeply deeply troubled individual. Kirk Cobain.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh
1: yeah. He was a, I mean deep. He was mentally ill. Mm-hmm. By today's standards especially, he would have to be medicated.
0: Yeah, and back then, mental illness wasn't something that was considered treatable or whatever. You know what or I mean? Or important. Like, yeah, they're and like, to get be, it, you're crazy, get out of here type thing. And to
1: be fair, nowadays, we don't take mental illness. We was talking about this before. Yeah. We don't take mental illness serious anymore. Right. And we're starting to. It's mm-hmm. unfortunately, Will. It's taken some very awful things mm-hmm. to happen yeah. for us to do, and I'm not going to say one thing or the other. I don't want to offend people, right? But there's been shootings and stuff like that. Yeah, that you obviously have to attribute to. I'm well, not going to yeah. go down this road because it would be another two hours. But right. Kirk LeBain was a very deeply troubled person
2: mm-hmm.
1: by as he was mentally unstable, which is why the drug addiction comes in. And yeah, because they want to have done that. And he wasn't even a bit. He wasn't even a big drinker. Right. A lot of people think that he was just like this crazy drinker and stuff right. too. He was a heroin addict.
0: Yeah, opiate's he was
1: a uh, he was addicted to opiates. He wasn't a coke guy. Uh, he he would smoke some weed, but he was an oxy guy. He was a heroin guy. This dude, like you said, yep. was an opiate vending machine. Mm. He loved his opiates, and obviously, we could have we could do another podcast another day and talk about how he really died. Right. Because I'm on the fence.
0: I always yep. will be. There's a good documentary on it if you haven't seen it.
1: Is it uh, on Netflix?
0: Uh, it might be on Prime. Okay. I, I used to have Netflix. I, I ended up getting rid of it.
1: We, we've seen like three of them. There's like one that's called like In Bloom. There's one called Kurt and Courtney, uh, which was made back in like 96, 97. And then there's one that just came out on Netflix not that long ago and it's about the pro- the private investigator.
0: That's the one I seen. Okay,
1: so that one's amazing.
0: Yeah, and Kurt and Courtney, I seen that one too. Well, uh, they
1: just released crime. I don't know if you see the, the saw the crime lab uh, of the shotgun that he mm. killed himself with, and they showed a picture of the shotgun, and I don't know, I'm not amazing, knowledgeable with guns, right. but I mean, this shotgun wheel was like this long, mm-hmm. and they're trying to say that he held this thing, that yeah. he wouldn't have been able to do it.
0: He would have had to use his toe or foot or right.
1: something. and and or... They could have had somebody right. else yeah. do it for them. I don't want to go down that road. That's a podcast right. for another day. But we should do one on that. We right? should. I think that would be a great discussion. I've had a good time doing this here. Um,
0: so. He just like like I said, I'm not like I wasn't a diehard fan, but I respect that music, and yeah. I think that them Allison Chains, they they brought out like the they brought out. From glam rock to the grunge, right? Oh yeah. To te- they went. F- they took the teased hair and the and the skin tight jeans and the leather and all that stuff. I'm not disrespecting, I like some of those guys. Man, sure. Poison was my first concert I've ever seen with Dokken and Sebastian Dokken Bach. Dokken oh Dokken. You know, and they played the song from Nightmare on Elm Street three. Oh yeah, Dream all, Warriors. Yeah, Dream Warriors. Um, you know, I, I was and I've seen a lot of glam bands. My buddy Dan's huge, huge eighties guy. You know, right. he loves Kiss. Seen Kiss like four or five times with them, um, you know, stuff like that. So I, I like that music, but they brought that away. Yeah. You know what I mean? They evolved yeah. in their style, their way, mm-hmm. that grunge.
1: That's to where bands like Nirvana, and I'm not crapping on Nirvana, right. they followed that, that Mud Honey, that, um, what was the other big uh, um, Sonic Youth? Mm-hmm. Though they became the cookie cutters, basically what I'm saying, the cookie cutter grunge style. As yeah. to where Alice in Chains, you know, you listen to their first record with, you know, We Die Young and Man in the Box and stuff. Uh-huh. It's not even to me. That's not even grunge. In it's a not.
0: Sense. It's just metal slash rock.
1: It's yeah. It's heavy. Rock with like not screaming, <laughs> which is like funny because I used to hate screaming and, and metal and stuff, and that's why I worship bands like Benjamin and Alice and Chains and stuff because they had the they had the crunch, which is what I wanted to hear, but I could understand them too. But obviously I took the you know I went Sith full Sith and was like I, I want I need metal, mm-hmm. but um, Alice and Chains the the morphing from Facelift to Dirt where Dirt is the epitome of grunge. Mm-hmm. That that album is so grungy, it, it'll make your head spin, like everything from uh, them bones mm-hmm. to. Uh, but then you have beauty songs like "Down in a Hole." It's not grunge. Yeah. Nutshell. Nutshell. I mean, well, Nutshell was on uh, Jar of Fly, uh, Jar of Flies, yeah. but then you had songs like um, "Junkhead." I don't know if you remember the song "Junkhead."
0: I don't. I'm sure I've heard because I just didn't listen to that Lane It, it is days.
1: such a strange song. It uh, like. It's so out of tune, and he's singing so off. But the story is, he's high, he's a junkie. It's supposed to sound that way. Yeah. But the second he kicks the drugs, which they didn't do, but the second mm-hmm. he kicks the drug, the pretty chorus comes in. Just the whole album. But anyways, they went from that to, like you said, Jar of Flies, which was, it's the most hypnotizing album maybe I've ever listened to. Yeah. It, it, it Honestly, it kind of makes you feel like you're floating.
0: Yeah. Well... And I will tell you, my wife, she is Mrs. Pop, okay? Yikes. I mean, I'm talking Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, Sync, the whole, the, all the pop stuff. I like right?
1: Britney Spears. I don't like her music, but yeah. I like her.
0: And, you know, and I took her to see Justin Timberlake on two or three occasions. JT! And God, is his expensive concert, I will tell you. Um, I got a newfound respect for him. After seeing him live. I will say that. Hey. I'm not going to say I'm going to go out and buy all his albums and whatnot, but I do respect him. He's a good guitarist. He's got a heck of a, gall, a lot of energy because he dances and moves around a lot, and he does several genres of music that I did not even realize.
1: He got my respect once you married Jessica Biel.
0: Yes. If you ain't your hero then, then no, you're communist. But, um, <laughs> but I will tell you, as hardcore as pop she is, and that's, you know, like I said, all those different things and even new stuff. Camila Cabela or whatever the heck that crap is. I don't know. I don't listen to Camila it. Camila Cabela. Some, I don't know. But long story short. Uh-huh. Okay. When it comes to music, we're about to totally opposite. Sure. I played Aaron Lewis, Tangled Up in You, which is a very slow song. I don't know if you've heard it. Um, I think he sang It Was Stained and he sings it by, him, by himself as well. And nutshell. Unplugged. She heard I've nutshell, heard his nutshell, it's nuts is very good. Well no, this is Lane Staley. Oh, it's that from the, the change version, okay. And she didn't say anything about it. Anything of it. you know, because I, I got a playlist I'll turn on when I get a shower, or whatever. And I got up one morning, my phone's in there on the charger. huh. She's in there getting ready, and I go in his bathroom. She's and listening I, to it. Nutshell's playing. <laughs> so, so for somebody that does not listen to that type of music at all. That's special. Does not even know who Alice in Chains is. Speaks to That tells language. you yeah. that that is a good song. That is a, I mean, that resonates to people that doesn't even hit that. Will, do you know how
1: many times me and my wife have popped in the Unplugged DVD and watched it from start to finish and it just felt like maybe ten minutes? I don't know if you've ever seen it.
0: Oh, yeah, I have. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I it's, think, I'm out of I think I have it somewhere.
1: Well, it's, we got the DVD, which was the original DVD release. From the it, CD. And it's got... It, it's, it was the dual pack. Yeah. And it had, it had the full album. But it actually has stuff you can't get nowadays because they don't even print it anymore. It's got some backstage stuff. But then they released it on Blu-ray. Hmm. And we bought the Blu-ray. And, yes, there's a big difference. It looks gorgeous. It looks amazing. But that... If nobody has seen that unplugged or heard it, whatever, it's on. It's for free on friggin' YouTube. Oh yeah, you can go watch it on YouTube. It is just one of the best live concerts I've ever seen, ever.
0: And so sad because you can tell that he's messed up and that he's on he's the brink trouble, Yeah, that. you know what I mean. You can you can literally look at him and tell that dude's on the brink. Of and keep
1: in mind, I believe that unplugged was in nineteen ninety six, and that Allison Chains hadn't toured for two years. Yep. Because of abuse, mm-hmm. drug abuse. Yeah, he couldn't it, count on him. He couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't write. He couldn't do anything. And I mean, in, in a
0: way, it was kind of like Queen when he came out for that live aid. Right. You know, it was kind of like his last hurrah. That kind was, of his swan song. Uh, that was kind of Lane Staley's when they did Unplugged. That was kind of his. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I don't know of any other big shows that he did after that. Yeah, you know, I may they, be wrong. there might have been some but I don't know or can't I don't any. recall
1: it. They may have done some shows in 97 but you know Staley died in 2002 I believe and when they released um, uh, what was uh, what, what was the orange CD it was uh, you know where it had the jar and like the dude in the jar mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember what it was called but it had um, a song on there called uh, Get Born Again. Mm-hmm. which is a big song, but it was recorded and released after he died. Ah. Uh-huh. So it was, uh, what do they call that, posthumous or whatever? Yeah. So, but you even listen to that, and it's like he couldn't tour. He had to
0: be in the studio. It's hard to tell how many takes it took. But, you right. Know. That's sad. <laughs> yeah. You wonder, you wonder how long and how well he would have been and how much good music would have been put out because if he wasn't on drugs. Mm-hmm. Part of you wonders how he came, how they came up with the stuff. If he wasn't on drugs, right? If that makes True. sense. No, no, no. It's and that's it's not, a crutch. And then that's not an excuse prom- promoting, and it's not right. saying anybody should ever do it because drugs are awful. I've seen destroy and and what hell it's put me through just having family members that and, are addicts. And, and listen, I get it. I get it. Trust me. You know I, what I mean? I, like, because oh, you wonder, oh, like, yeah. how did he come up with that? Maybe it was the mental illness. It's you know what I mean. Or maybe it was the drugs. Or maybe he was clean when he wrote some of it. Maybe, you know, I learned the other day. I had no idea about this. You know, Elvis, King of Rock and Roll, made Rock and Roll. Whatever they say, what good? You know, I'm I'm not a big Elvis guy. Respect him. Did what he did for music. He served in the military. I don't know if you know that. He got drafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. Writing a high thing. Well, Mm -hmm. his manager. Was highly highly intelligent. He had the music. Him record a bunch of music because they were afraid when he went off, he'd be gone two years and came back, and nobody care about him anymore. Mm-hmm. So I had him record a bunch of hits to release while he was gone, and release them every so often when he was gone. Mm-hmm. So he never went out of the limelight. Now he wouldn't couldn't perform live, obviously, because he was you know over in Germany or wherever he was stationed. But I thought that was you know awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean maybe he, man, maybe he, you know, wrote that stuff. Wasn't he? Was or, it?
1: Was he Korean War?
0: No, nah, Vietnam, I think. Vietnam, but he didn't go to Vietnam. He was in like Germany or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was, you know,
1: it's it's a it's a vulner uh, to, to the to the drug thing. It's a vulnerability thing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a comfort zone thing, and I'm not proud to admit this. And I know the mic's mm-hmm. on, but I'm trust me, I, I'm not proud to admit this, but. I'll get I'll tell you and I'm not I'm not a celebrity I'm not trying to put myself on anybody's level I'm just yeah. giving a small very minute example yeah. when I first started doing shows with Joe I, I felt like I was out of my league mm-hmm. He was 10 times funnier than I was and the people on the call were so much more comfortable and everything so I would drink a beer or two mm-hmm. and to loosen me up make me feel not afraid to bump in and say a line here or say a line there and it became a crutch. Yeah. Where every weekend I was all like, I'm not coming on that call or on that show mm-hmm. until I pound two or three beers. And, and it never became a problem per right. se. Like, I never developed, I don't have a drinking problem. I can go months without drinking. Mm. Don't bother me none. I can have a day where I, I go off on, you know, I can have a day. Right. Um, but it became a thing where I started realizing, like, you know, I'm not, I don't really need it anymore. Like, I've become comfort, mm-hmm. comfortable without it, but I was still doing it. Yeah. So I can understand. Where I'm doing a radio show with somebody to about six, seven hundred people at the time, you compare that to Lane Staley, who on a nightly basis is performing in front of thousands, 20, 30,000 stadiums, and he feels uncomfortable, he feels vulnerable. Think about the difference there. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at yeah. it, it still exists today. Look at friggin', uh, what's her name? Uh, um,
0: Mamie Winehouse. Amy Winehouse G-O-D. uh Mac Miller recently.
1: Mac Miller uh what's uh, Dolores Ordner or whatever of the Cranberries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh you think of all these guys and by the way, huge Cranberries fan.
0: Have you heard Bad Wolves Zombie? I've heard
1: Bad Wolves version of surprised. Zombie. It was
0: good. It was surprising. I it was surprised.
1: very very surprising. And as a matter of fact, I don't know if you know this or not, but Dolores was supposed to sing on that. And, uh, they actually were communicating and she had sent him a voicemail and she was supposed to come in that next day to help record it. She died. Yeah. So, but she got, have you seen the music video to that? Uh, bad wolves? Yeah. To the, the, the I didn't zombie realize
0: cover. There was. I I Amazon music. Everything.
1: The original, a zombie from the cranberries, you know, she's dressed up in the gold body paint and she's got like the, the chink armor. The what are they what, you know like, like Scott Steiner? Wore. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, metal. Yeah. Yeah. So she's got that on, and but she is like that. Chain, yeah, but chainmail, right? Uh, but um, in the zombie or the the bad wolves video, they had somebody who looks like a body double for her, and they painted her in gold paint and put the the the, the chainmail. It's got the chinks in it or whatever. Yeah. the the and they had someone. Like her like putting her hands up on this and the singers putting this. It is an emotional video. And I couldn't give two craps about Bad Wolves. I didn't know who they were. I didn't either. But the Cranberries I love. Mm -hmm. But it was an emotional video because I mean she was probably, she was supposed to probably be in that video.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And she died. But yeah, there's a lot of music. It's not like it just happened in the 90s with Kurt and Lane and Mm -hmm. all these people. It's still happening. It's still happening, the drug overdoses and stuff like Prince, that. Prince. Prince. Michael
0: Jackson. Like him, don't like him, doesn't matter. The, I mean, biggest, two of the biggest stars in, we'll probably ever see in our generation.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, Ma- Michael Jackson, you know, regardless what you think about him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he is the king of pop. He's a bit of a kid toucher, but he, he is, is the king of pop. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like, it, it's disappointing. But... I didn't understand it as much when I was younger, but now I understand it. Why, why these guys do die off with drug overdose. You know, people are like, oh, they're famous, they got millions, why are you doing that? Think about it for two seconds. You know, let, let's, let's not just completely be like, oh, they got all the money in the world, why, they shouldn't have any problems. Mm-hmm. That's not how that works. Dude, the majority of that stuff really happened to the upper class. Yeah. More richer people commit suicide than you would think. Yep. Now, if me and you got rich tomorrow... I think it we'll would be all right because we've yeah. lived a middle class life,
0: right? We know what. yeah, and it's or I even mean, a lower class. I, I've always said, I mean, you can make a million dollars a year, but if you've got two million dollars in debt, dude, you're broke, right? You know what I mean? It, it's debt's it, it, not how much. It it doesn't matter, matter how much money you make. It's how you spend. If
1: you got five million dollars tomorrow, if you if you hit a five million dollar like. Whatever, jackpot or something, right. or not even five million. You you win whatever the hell it was, like what a year ago. It's like what five hundred fifty, six hundred million dollars.
0: It it's like the highest yeah. it's ever
1: been. You hit that. Regardless, whatever the tax ends up being, half of that, three hundred million.
0: What do you do? Not any different than what I'm doing now. You
1: say you, you stay here.
0: Have a little bit nicer. I'd have probably still have a nice jeep, and I. But you still you it.
1: stay here, which I'm yeah, not. I I be, this be place is awesome. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd be in Columbus. I'd probably have. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't, there wouldn't be much change at all. Yeah, you know, other than I wouldn't go. I wouldn't have a nine to five. I would do something like yes. I'm doing right now. It would be a hobby. I Which told what this is.
1: I tell Keish, I was like, listen, if I hit a million dollars, two million, whatever, I'd do like you just said. i I'd buy a building, whether it be here or probably Indianapolis is where I would do it. I'd get a building in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. I'd have my own company. I'd have JB Sports, Radio, and Indy, and I would just get by, make whatever money I can off ad revenue, the podcasting, blah, blah, blah. But if I hit 300000000 million, you're going to see me go off the deep end. I'm telling you right now. Mm-hmm. I'm buying a compound. And I'm going to create a colony yeah. of just whether it be my friends, and I'm just going to like pay people to fight like gladiators. <laughs> like I, I feel like I would be a really bad person if I had a lot of money. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to do like terrorism and stuff like that. Yeah. But I want like Maximus Decimus Meridius stuff going on in my backyard. In your room. Yeah, I, I want to <laughs> wake up and on my nightstand I want to see like you know I want to see a Stein filled with like ale and then like an itinerary of like who's dying today in the <laughs> arena. You know what I mean? I know that's a little messed up to uh, say.
0: Like Epstein, but not child. Like child. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Epstein had the island with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah.
1: the what, what? What? I know what you're talking about. Uh, but uh, I, I'm not going to be on that level. But
0: uh. Right. But you're talking about like with the fights. He, he his he had all the money. And he was with like he was a pervert like. Kids, oh yeah. Or whatever. And he did not kill himself. No, absolutely not. <laughs> he did not. Listen, we you don't know, have. I will t- share every meme. That-
1: Oh, anything yeah. related to
0: it. I don't care.
1: It's there was, funny. I saw one the other day. I laughed my balls off on it, man. It was, I can't, I can't even remember it. That's what's going to make me mad because I hate when I bring stuff up like this and I just can't remember it. I'm aging like a piece of cheese when it comes to memory. But, uh, you know, the, the Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, memes are absolute gold It was like a Sesame Street meme
2: mm-hmm.
1: And it was like Hey kids, welcome today This is what we're going to go over And then it just like It says and By the way Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself And I was like I mean you could I could look at those all day Completely and random. Out, but Yeah Yeah like You know if I it, All jokes aside I mean I was kidding But you know If I had like 300 million dollars mm-hmm. I probably would buy a compound And do about like What you have here Like I would have like A studio basement where uh, it it would look like... You know, I'm looking at your basement right now, which is awesome. But it would be like... I'd have a studio the size of this basement. Like, I would have a producer's box where people yeah. sit in there on run the boards. And I would just run a radio show mm-hmm. out of my compound. But it doesn't have to do good.
0: Right. It'd be
1: Because it's, it's a, be, a hobby. Because it's a hobby. And I'm set financially. But I'm still going to try to put on a good radio show. Yeah. I would do other stuff. I would have... Dude, if you got three hundred million dollars, you're gonna do other stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can live off the. In- I mean, interest alone. I'll buy the
1: damn Pacers.
0: Yeah,
1: I'll buy the Pacers. I'll fix them. Mm-hmm. I'll fix them. We'll have a billion dollar payroll, but by God, we'll have a championship.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, what do you think? Are we gonna close her up?
0: We'll go close her down, and I will say, this has probably been the most interesting and um, off-topic greatness that we've we've done in a while um i'm good at that i want to let my people know that's listening i'm not sure i don't know how to check analytics i don't know how to do any of that this, this this is just a hobby i'm learning this stuff right now mm-hmm. same and, and, and you you've done it for years and you, and you have excellent production and i know joe does because i've listened to joe's joe's professional and it, not to go off topic again but even so good that jim Cornette even ran it about him
1: you were not just him you be Seth Rollins went off on him on Twitter the other day.
0: Oh yes, I seen that too. Yeah. Um, which I thought that's he's that's, a soy boy. Who? Rollins. Yeah, I didn't know that. Big soy boy. But uh, all I knew is from Iowa. But uh, anyways, um, a lot so, of big names have gone off on Joe. By the way, that means he's doing something right. Hit, yeah, he's hitting. He's yeah, hitting nerves, he's hitting and nerves. That's, that's good. Cornette Rollins. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, any insight you can give me, I definitely appreciate it. Anybody that's listening, anything that you guys think that can make this show better, or something you want to hear, somebody want me to talk to. I've said since day one that the show is general talk, and it, it. I mean, I will. I'm talk. I want to talk to anybody from preachers to convicts. You know what I mean? Sure. Everybody's got a story. You know, everybody's out there, has done something, been through something, you know, whatever. And I think the more people understand what people have done, I think they gain more respect for them. You know, what they've seen, things of that nature. And that's why I want to keep doing this. Um, So, you know, this will probably be my last podcast for 2019. And I want to give a shout out to Kurt Fish, my stepdad, for helping me put together these... This awesome office in here. Yeah, these are lit.
1: No pun uh, intended.
0: Jonathan, my brother, Hibs for making my background uh, with the uh, and <laughs> in, with Infinity, and uh, <laughs> he. Uh, I just farted, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's, I, that's not... what that's what the, the laughs about. <laughs> Let's pray it doesn't smell. Um, <laughs> it's a small room. Yeah. Uh, I've held that in, by the way, for two and a half hours. You did good. I, did, I, did I, will, I I did good. I'll praise you for that. Um, <laughs> but Jonathan has zero training in graphic design. Oh yeah, and that's good. Yeah, I even got it set on my Echo. It looks background. like a strip club sign. I've never been to one. to Be honest. It's a true story. Yeah, me neither. Um, but <laughs> um, but he did that, and he did Kyle's shirt, and I think that's something that he could be good at. Sure. You know, put. And did, we and need to
1: get time. him him in here next time. We do. And just, you know, which I'm hoping there's a next time. <laughs> <And> we <laughs> yeah. yeah, We yeah. need to get him in here because I, I, I got stories for days. Oh, we can go,
0: go on about music or movies for a whole episode, really. Oh, yeah. And shout out to um, Nikki for letting me do this and, and putting up with me while she's up there sleeping. Um, so I, I appreciate the support. I appreciate the likes. I appreciate the people going to my page. Um, I'm not sure if I will be up still uploading to YouTube. I'm going to definitely do this one But I, I know for sure I will make sure it's on anchor so that way it goes with.